Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. Hello, everybody. I'm J.D. Lopez, the host of Left Hand Right Brain. It's a free-flowing, wide-ranging conversation that I have with artists doing interesting and creative things here in Denver and beyond. We talk about their personal stories, break down their creative process, and what motivates them. Spoiler alert, it's mostly spite. We talk about all these things and more while kicking back, cracking wise, and always having a good time. You can find old episodes and everything you need to know at lefthandrightbrainpod.com. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. I'm Andre Gower. And I'm Ryan Lambert. And you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con. No, no, wait, wait, wait. Sorry, Denver Pop Culture Con 2019 <laughs> and beyond. I am Ryan. With me is Brad and Zach and James. And every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we go see a new movie and we podcast our experience of the world. Yeah. Except this week, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna finish off our yearly look back at movies and film explosion. In a, wait, we're doing film explosion. I went and saw a movie. You did? I saw a movie too. Actually, I didn't. Um, not a, well, kind of not a new one. So, uh, for the whole month of September, first responders can see movies for free. Ooh. And I was like, man, I really should take advantage of this. And, uh, my wife got off work on yeah, like of, of all people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, uh, so I went to the Alamo and I saw a simple favor. So, oh, cool. Um, yeah. Did you like it? <laughs> I loved it. Oh, good. Oh, I'm so glad. I think uh, Anna Kedrick's character, that might be my favorite character of the year. Oh, yeah. Um, Love her. Oh, my yeah. gosh. You know, and, you know, Anna Kendrick. Yeah, I mean, it's Anna Kendrick. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Oh, and I guess, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Denver Comic Con is no longer Denver Comic Con. It's Denver Pop Culture Con. Mm-hmm. Um, several not, reasons for Not that. for the reason that you think. Like, well, you know. There's a when, couple. Yeah. So, um, about two, three years ago, right. San Diego Comic Con sued... WonderCon, Salt Lake, Salt Lake, Salt Lake City, City Comic Con, Comic Con yeah. for using Comic Con, right? And um, it's been in court for a long. Yeah, and they time. just settled yeah. in Comic Con one, trying to claim that Comic Con is like a branded thing. It's our word, but like everybody <laughs> knows, there's a difference between like people who go to SDCC know there's a difference between SDCC and a, a regional Comic Con. 
Well, like the and judge what, agreed with them. What are they protecting? I know it's just stupid. So um, that that judge the, has never been to a goddamn comic con. Uh, that was one of the reasons. Uh, in I, I was I did I read the article in the Denver Post. And, yeah. I mean the the major reason is because it's real, actually pop yeah. culture classroom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And which I think is a really good argument because yeah. I do think a lot of people go and they don't realize what it's for. Agreed. Um, which is why you know like when we moderate and stuff like that, I try to make yeah. sure that I mention that. Um. And it definitely you know. has expanded beyond just comic books, so maybe yeah. that's yeah. more and, appropriate. And you, I mean, but that's, to, every, that's every comic To survive you know, Comic-Cons have the, to. Yeah. This old adage um, it's just too that bad. you can do just comic stuff is not going to work because mm-hmm. if you want to be successful and bring other people in, you're going to have to do oh, yeah. fucking... Well, and it's always... You have to do, do fucking? You have to do every, lots of oh fucking. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's, oh, how we, that's how we populate people. This this sounds terrible. I don't. I, oh. But like every Comic Con is really just general pop culture stuff. Yeah. Like that's you know I think everybody kind of knows and expects that. The only reason it's lame is that it does it just doesn't roll off the tongue as easy. You, it's yeah. so you've much all, harder to you've say. You've been to a San Diego con, haven't you? Yep. Or okay, I have not. Oh, um, well, right. in, in <laughs> I, the first time I ever went was in O five, um, and. It was a lot more comic book centric, but then I skipped a year, and then I came back in '07, and then something happened in '06 that just blew it up out of the water. Because then suddenly, well, I think then when Twilight. the movie studios really started hitting it. Yeah, yeah. when did you and I go? A lot of those are pulling out. Now, so. 2008. So me and Brad went in 2008, mm-hmm. and we got our we got our tickets like a month before the show. Yeah. You, got, you guys were there in '08. I was yeah. there in '08. Oh mm. shit! Oh, I'm God. so glad I wasn't there in '08. So glad we didn't meet up. Well, we were actively avoiding you. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. We don't want to talk to you. Well, there were signs in the bathroom like, "Hey, ma- make sure you stay away from this guy." <laughs> you know, it's interesting you bring up 2008 figure. because our film Splosion <gasps> is film Splosion 2008. Ooh, I did a segue Ooh. and I didn't even know it. Yep. Good job, Zach. You're and almost getting it, and now yeah. it's dead. Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't. You don't bring. You don't bring. It's like telling a joke. You don't tell people that it's a joke. Yeah, now we're you don't talking tell about segways. Seg- segwaying because I do. That's my style. Then people think no, you're riding around on a freaking scooter or something. Now we got to figure out how to segue out of a segway conversation into a did, 2008 film explosion. Did you know that the inventor of the segway died on falling off a cliff on a segway in 2008? I didn't. <laughs> Interesting <laughs> that you should know that about 2008. It might be 2008. Who knows? Look I up segway founder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So yeah, it was a good year for movies. It oh, was. Yeah. I'm actually kind of interested. I think we might have a lot of the same films. Oh yeah. I'm kind of seeing some where of, yeah. they're they're gonna end up because what's fun with this is because you know. you guys all have Twilight on your list, right? Yes. Okay. Um, good. Space chimps, guys. Come on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Delco. Because uh, I think there's two really important movies that came out this year. Mm-hmm. And um, hopefully Zach will know how to rank them, and then we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll go from there. Hey, uh, yeah. what were you guys doing in 2008? Uh, watching movies. I was, <laughs> no, uh, I was in college. Oh, man, I don't even I was know. In, I was in high school working at the movie theater, and I this was the first year where I was working at the theater the entire year. So from week one of 2008 to the last week of 2008, I saw a movie at least one each week in that theater. So... This one was kind of tough because there's a lot of stuff that I enjoyed from a sentimental perspective, but I also had to be honest with ones I still enjoy. So only one of the films on my list is one I didn't see in a theater. So, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure I was just fucking off with you, Brad. <laughs> like, seriously. Whoa. Did, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Comic-Con doing uh, little short videos. Um, well, we're in these little short videos. <laughs> <laughs> and, and actually, in 2008 is the year I met my wife, so... 
I was gonna say I was like hanging out with your wife. Yeah, I think this is the year we made that uh, Spider Fan video. It is this year. You're applying for the next Spider Man movie. Yeah, man, I remember that. It didn't work, and ours was the best. Yeah, the one who won. I said, what the. Spider fan. Video? They don't even have an animation of the dude going there. <laughs> was it like a competition from Sony or? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. It's be like an ambassador for the yeah. brand. Where you yeah. went to uh, Comic Con to talk to Andrew Garfield or something because? Yeah, interview him. Or something. Yeah, something like that. I forget. I didn't win, so fuck them. Fuck Sony. <laughs> <laughs> They're also releasing Venom, so fuck them. They call you up like, hey, we really want you for this Venom press junket. <laughs> like, <laughs> that'd be like the biggest <laughs> slap in the face. Yeah, I, yeah. Just be like, I don't know. Are you gonna hire back Amy Pascal? No. Okay, <laughs> fine. Fuck it. <laughs> well, no. Uh, Amy Pascal, um, saying the stuff she did, needed another job. Um, yeah. I like that she was able to stay on for homecoming though. To well, yeah. I mean, that. I think that she's separating from Sony is a good thing. Yeah. She's yeah. a smart woman and she makes, uh, produces some cool movies. But she also made mistakes. But so. you also don't email some of the things she emailed. Oh yeah, them, absolutely. So, um, I don't think you stick around for that. Nope. Um. I watched a really good Sony movie last night, and I don't remember what it was. Oh, I rewatched The Shallows. That's a Sony movie. Yeah, it is. They did, they did just fine. They did. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you've never listened to a film explosion, each of us have picked our 10 favorite films for 2008, and we will uh, go backwards, so 10 to 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll tell a little bit about it. Re- actually, we'll reveal it, and then we'll play a trailer, and uh, yeah, then we'll talk about the film. Not mm-hmm. the best films. There is our favorite yeah, films. Yeah, there are favorite uh-huh. films. Again, we always no, have no, this well, caveat. My my list is the best films. Okay, so as usual, uh, uh, James has the best list. Right. Yeah, uh, the I have the our, wrong list. You have even the though, wrong list. Even though I'm literally tweaking it at this second, so it's clearly <laughs> oh. very very objective. The whole see a letterbox is such a great app because oh, yes. it's so easy to find things. However, oh, it's also they'll have movies that were filmed like in 2007. Uh huh. But we're released in 2008, so you have to also pay attention to yes. uh, Box Office Mojo, mm-hmm. any other place you can see where movies are released. I also mm-hmm. go to um, Wikipedia because you can put in, let's say, horror films of 2008, and they'll list them all. Yeah. Um, a lot of, because this is the time, too, a lot of direct uh, to Blu-ray movies come out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Letterboxd also has a lot of foreign films on their list. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, like, they'll release Guardians of the Galaxy and, you know, Russia exactly. six right. months before. And we they, get it, so they'll get that that release date date. And they do always do like the date, the festival date first. So like Zach and I were talking about it before. Yeah, because um, there was like one that the the Brothers Bloom is not on my list for two thousand eight because is... it its limited release is two thousand nine. And mm-hmm. like even if you go back to my original two thousand nine list, it's on two thousand nine. Um, but yeah, so obviously you know, and it's not on mine, even though I did see it in two thousand eight. No, because you have festival. bad taste, so you didn't like it that much. No, okay, just wait. It might. End okay. up on oh, next year, yeah, so okay, it's just okay, like yeah. at the end of the day, like <laughs> it was one screening and yeah. not everyone would have had access to oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. a fun night, though, because Johnson was there to introduce the film and right. at the Ellie Cockins Opera House. Well, hopefully, next year I'll get to finally redo in 2009. <laughs> 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 uh, Rewriting yeah. history. Yeah. Anyways, um, who's going to kick it off this time? I don't know. I'll do it. All right, Brad. Yeah. Cool. All right, my number 10 is Doubt. I'm just kidding. It's Iron Man. (laughs) (laughs) No one's allowed to talk. Is that it? Can't talk? No, you intimidate them. Good God, you're a woman. (laughs) Is it better to be feared or respected? I say, is it too much to ask for both? I humbly present the Jericho. To peace. 
Tony Stark. Now you work for me. What are you building, Stark? Are red. Your tears for your long lost boss? Tears of joy. I hate job hunting. Yeah, vacation's over. Welcome home, sir. Put up the scanner, will you? What happened over there? I have my eyes open. I want to protect the people I put in harm's way. A man with a dozen of these can rule all of Asia. Yeah, I can fly. See if this dog can hunt. So the upgrade is complete. Tell you what, throw a little hot rod red in there. Damn. Good luck keeping up. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. There's been speculation that I'm parading around as a superhero. I'm just not the, the hero type, clearly. Wait, which one is it? Iron Man. Wow. I know. Yeah. No, it's a good movie. I have a feeling, uh, you know, oh, my number one is going to be cut out from under me very early on. So you this put... is not a revenge ploy. I'm <laughs> oh, just... Wow. Wait, but you... I just fucking put all the good movies at the bottom. Revenge for what? <laughs> it, but your revenge ploy sounds suspicious, <laughs> suspiciously like it's revenge. Yeah, it's very vindictive. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, like... um. Yeah, you know, Iron Man's a great movie, enough to be in the top ten of this year. Uh-huh. Um, but the other nine are like more important for other reasons as we go forward. But uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's it a lot of fun. Um, you know, didn't expect a ton, and uh, the only part I don't like, I'm like, I still don't like that um, Ironmonger fight, like giving Jeff, uh, Jeff Bridges all that shitty. I'm gonna kill you now, Tony. I'm buying <laughs> you out, Tony. Yeah. You know what makes me better than you? Yeah. Just fight. yeah, but like, but how good would it be if that character hadn't been killed and could have come back later? True. Yeah. Uh, man. Um, but it's just like a comic book because when comic book characters fight, they're always saying something. Mm-hmm. That's true. Didn't make. But my, like, I'm gonna good. kill you now. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? He's not a very good villain. Okay. <laughs> It's Jeff no, Bridges. It's Jeff villain. Bridges. He was high. He got confused. No, Jeff Bridges <laughs> is great in this movie. It was he a is. great villain. Yeah, that's part. I mean, that you know movie is super solid. Is explain a way that like whatever the arc reactor like exploded and sucked him into like the Ant Man <gasps> small universe. Yes, and then he's gonna be back because all sciences and magic in the Marvel Cinematic Universe are all the same. Yep. As we're starting to learn. So, like, the, uh, the Soul Stone and the Microverse are the same place. Exactly. I, I love the moment when uh, Tony and Bridges are on the red carpet and he's just whispering in his ear, I'm the one who bought you out. Like, it's creepy. Um, mm-hmm. This didn't make my list, but I do love what? this film. I, I saw it opening day, and then I saw it again with my dad. <laughs> 
this this and the Avengers are the only MCU films my dad has ever seen. So um so why, why do you treat your dad like shit? Take, take, <laughs> he take, has, your, take th- your dad to go th- see some more guys. This is not my fault. My dad has actively said I don't care about these. Oh, okay. So um, right. uh, mm. I've tried to get him to watch Black Panther though, and I'm very close to getting Ooh, him to do it. Yeah, so. That's a good one. Uh, obviously, this is way higher on my list um, yeah. for for two reasons. One, I talked about important films. This is one of the most important films of the year mm-hmm. because yeah. it launched the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. It also brought Robert Downey Jr. back. I mean, he. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and yeah. a little other things. He kind of started that trail. Uh, and Zodiac. Just say it right. Not a, not a bunch of indie other darlings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but this film kind of, if you watch the special features or you listen to the commentary mm-hmm. with Favreau, he talks about that he had to fight for Robert Downey Jr. to get this role. Yeah. And they had to take out insurance on him because he had past addiction problems. Mm-hmm. And not only did he take this role and make it awesome. He's now an ambassador for Marvel, mm-hmm. and he's continued this. And I think this film actually helped him be a better person because it mm-hmm. kind of said, no, not not only you're Iron Man, but it, there's a responsibility to be in these films. I think you, ha- yeah. you you should be the guy who goes to children's hospitals. You're the guy who helps kids, and um, so it, I think well, this is why it's such important. It, it widens the perspective that he has on life. Because like that character embodies uh, many of the struggles that he himself has gone through, whether they've shown it in the films or not. Like Tony Stark is a very mm-hmm. interesting and flawed character in the sense of like his alcohol uh, alcohol addiction and stuff like that. Obviously, there's the stories that MCU is not necessarily going to tackle head on, but they he has do, a whiskey but, in the second one. Yeah, but they, but they, then they homage it a bit. But they, but you know, he can connect <laughs> yeah. to that his, character. Oh, totally. His his damage is his ego. Yeah. Right. yeah. Oh, yeah. Why this film? Why I think this film's great too is they have so many. Uh, I mean, spoilers for a movie that's ten years old, but you know, it's always the superhero doesn't want his identity known. Mm-hmm. But Tony yeah, Stark's like, you know cool. what? Fuck it, I'm Iron Man. Yeah, and just a little tag scene that I don't even know if they knew they're going to do Avengers, but they they put right. Sam Jackson at the end, and it set a precedent Man. for films that is. Yeah. I mean, it's we're twenty two films in twenty three. The most important stinger of all time. If you yeah. if you read the book, the big picture that came out this year, um, the uh, they talk about the history of Marvel Studios and its development. They talk a lot about the making of Iron Man, and that post credit scene is kind of like just they 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 go over in detail. Like it's just something that they threw in as a as a as a what if. But there was like th- that Iron Man had to be a success. Um, especially if Hulk wouldn't be because it had to like justify that investment in creating the studio Mm because it's all tied off. It's a big, it was a big gamble that paid off in stride. Oh yeah. Yep. Um, no good choice, Brad. Yeah. Yep. I never (laughs) done. Did you have anything to say about it? (laughs) Uh, you guys got it. He doesn't like iron monger. (laughs) True. (laughs) Zach. All right. Um, my number 10, um, is uh, a film that was probably the one I saw the most in theaters this year. Um, I loved it a lot then. Um, I don't like hold it in the same regard that I did back then, but it still uh, means a lot to me every time I watch it and the memories of going to see it. Um, it's a wonderful story about filmmaking and the passions between two other people. It's called Zack and Mary Make a Porno. What do you do? Uh, what brings you here? I'm an actor. Wow. Anything I've seen? Oh, all sorts of movies with all-male casts. All-male casts? Like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross? Like Glenn and Gary Suck Ross's meaty cock. Is that like a sequel? 
You don't have the rent? It's your month. Why are you always bending over backwards for that girl, knowing she ain't giving up no ass? We got a good thing going, man. Why complicate that with sex? What the? What happened to the water? They shut it off. Help me get this shit out of my hair. Just use the water out of the toilet. There's poo in there. I don't think we're going to keep a roof over our heads. These are the exact circumstances people find themselves in right before they start having sex for money. What? You got an idea? We could make a porno. Not the idea I was looking for. Nobody wants to see us fuck, Zach. Everybody wants to see anybody fuck. I hate Rosie O'Donnell, but if someone said, I got a tape of Rosie O'Donnell getting fucked stupid, I'd be like, why the fuck aren't we watching that right now? The porn I liked when I was a kid, it was always a spoof of a popular movie. Lawrence of Arabia. Fuck Back Mountain. Too soon. I got it! Star Horse. What? Ha Solo ain't never had no sex with Princess Leia in the Star War. I'm just be honest, my first time. I'm not gonna touch you, nothing like that. I have a wife, we're happy. We're not happy, but it's cool. It's my job as the producer to see what you got. That makes you uncomfortable. I love the movies. Do you have a talent? It's a little something I picked up during bachelor parties. Her name bubbles. We're doing it. It's happening. Wait, are we doing it? Well, you've never thought about the repercussions of sleeping with a chick you've known your whole life? What are you, slow? Yeah, but if we're getting rich, you just explain to your private beforehand, look, this doesn't mean anything. We're just doing this for cash. Wow. Yeah. I just can't Hi. Hi. I'm a delivery man, and I have some cream for you. This is the worst porno I've ever seen. Oh, Slap my ass Don't be a fucking pervert, dude. Yeah, Man. um, I I was really into View Askew at this point. Um, yeah. on the message boards, going to Comic Con and watching Kevin's Q and A's, and he talked a lot about this film, the the build up and the lead up. Um, the film itself, um, is 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 I think a very solid rom com that probably should have had a bigger audience, um, but was. Unceremoniously dumped into October, yeah. um, and you know, and obviously it had to fight with a High School Musical movie in terms of uh, uh, box office and Saw movies and stuff like that. Like, um, but it's Seth Rogen and Elizabeth Banks. They're two people who uh, go to a high school reunion, um, and then their power gets shut off um, the that same evening, and so they discover that they can make a porno and then sell it to all their former high school friends and whatnot that are on the newsletter and uh ends up uh becoming more of a love story between them um i think rogan and banks are terrific um you could see that chemistry before in 40 year old virgin and then it uh becomes apparent in this one how great they work off of each other um and then the supporting characters are fantastic i think muse is wonderful in this film like it's fun to see him not play jay mm -hmm. but kind of play an amalgamation of jay and other potentially dumb characters uh i think jeff anderson is fantastic in this flick because he has one of the best uh moments in the film and then follow-up moment yeah yeah <laughs> like that that chick frosted me like i was a fucking cake <laughs> oh. um and then like uh it, i love the uh line where he's just like uh 
<laughs> Rogan goes down to his editing bay and goes like, you look like you got your shit covered. And he's like, please don't ever say shit covered to me again. <laughs> uh, Craig Robinson is wonderful in the flick too. Uh-huh. Um, he's got the, I love the, you want me to work on black Friday bit? Uh, it's really fun. Uh, <laughs> this, this ain't Amistad. goddamn right. This ain't Amistad. Um, I'll take my coffee black and I think three fifty white. And at, the t- and at the time that this flick came out, one of the ones that got the most attention was Brandon Routh and Justin Long playing a gay couple. And it is still fucking funny to this day. Oh yeah. Um, the one of the best titles that uh, he uh, that uh, Justin Long gives for one of his pornos is "You better shut your mouth or I'm gonna fuck it." Um, but uh, um, yeah, and I um, but like I said, I saw it a lot at, at the time because I could go for free, but like. You know, uh, it doesn't hold the same weight for me that it used to. And there's another romantic comedy on this list that I think holds more weight emotionally with me. But this flick still has very solid moments. I think the ending moment where he's rewatching the um, the the edit of the porn and then Craig Robinson's talking about like how this film brought them all together as friends and you know Zach made Miri and Zach closer. It, it, it's 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 a solidly told flick that I enjoy. Um, and I wish I wish was a little bit more. Parent in Smith's oeuvre because it is really good. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, sorry. Uh, Rambler kept on. Yes, Rambler. please apologize for liking that film. Yes, I shall. No, it's a good one. Um, yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, uh, I, I, that's and that, that's another reason why it's so low is because like I saw it a bunch like within the first five years of it being released and then like dip mm-hmm. dive. So yeah, some kind of evil mastermind dumped that movie at the wrong time of year. <sighs> and thankfully, this is the only movie from that studio. Um, on yeah. this list. Well, so. yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> every movie until what? Red State was all Weinstein. But... Yeah, I'll tell you what. Now the reader is not on my list, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the romantic comedy you were talking about. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, well, the problem with uh, Weinstein is his imprint is everywhere for like oh, yeah. thirty years. Yeah. Oh yeah. Movies, no, so. like my my kids will grow up seeing that logo. You know. That that I guess that won't matter to them. You know, just but... give me copies of his films and I'll edit out that logo. We don't need Ooh. You know, I'll figure out a way. Yeah. I, I'll you change know, it with Zach I'd be happier pictures. if it was just the Dimension logo. Um, yeah, because that know, doesn't... Because the Dimension logo is A, cool, um, and B, isn't literally his name. Yeah, so. even Miramax. Yeah. Cool. James? Number 10. Uh, my number 10, as usual, is a bit of a ringer. Uh, this time, because it's a movie I will never, ever, 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 ever watch again. Um... It's uh it's a documentary from that year um that I I can't even recommend other people watch. It's called Dear Zachary. Charismatic, opinionated, going to be a good storyteller. He had a present. He had the worst possible gas. He's going to be a great doctor. Well, the phrase I was going to use had been uh, full of life. Do you know who that is? Andrew. Oh. I I Andrew get killed. I'm an only child, and I'll get around to why this is of any importance whatsoever. When I had to say, was my son murdered? And take that into your soul. And then to know how cold-bloodedly he was murdered. He wanted to break up with her. Oh, she said, that's it then. She was dumped again. Unfortunately, she made it to Canada before they could arrest her. On the afternoon of November 7th, 2001, my sister called to tell me that Dr. Andrew Bagby, my closest friend since the age of seven, had been killed. My name's Kurt, and I'm a filmmaker. Andrew appeared in every movie I made growing up. Jesus Christ. Kurt, what do you want? I mean, no, no, I just need... I'm just... I decided to make a movie to travel far and wide to interview everyone who ever knew and loved Andrew. Kurt, 
Zachary, to seek custody of the only grandson they would ever have, Andrew's parents moved to St. John's, Newfoundland, where Shirley Turner was unbelievably allowed to walk free on bail while awaiting extradition. In order to see Zachary, Kate and David were forced to stomach a civil relationship with the woman they knew murdered their only son. I now had a mission. My movie might be one of the only ways Zachary could see and get to know his father. So I pointed the van east toward Newfoundland and set off on a quest to bring a man back to life. So, yeah, this movie is emotionally devastating in a way that I have never felt uh, from a film. You recommended um, it to me. It's not It's not like it's the best documentary. In fact, there's a documentary a little later on my list from this year that is a, is a better made documentary. Um, but I've never seen somebody make a film where, like, there is this – there's, like, a visceral nature to the way the film is, is made – um, basically it, it tells the story of this documentarian I mean, it's, it's the documentary is made by a guy whose friend was murdered by his, um, uh, his girlfriend at the time who then it turns out was, uh, was pregnant at the time that she murdered, uh, his friend and then she escaped to Canada. Um, and so it's the story of him following, uh, the, dead friend's parents as they try to like get possession of this kid who is their grandson in Canada who is in the possession of the woman who murdered their son. Um, it is awful. Uh, and, um, I, it's a, it's a beautiful documentary. It really is. And the story that it tells is, is incredibly tragic, but good. Very um, yeah, powerful is a good word yeah. for it. Um, but I would literally never ever watch this movie again ever. Mm -hmm. Like you couldn't, you could pay me, but it would be a lot. It would be a substantial amount of money. One um, billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I don't want to make too. You know, it. It's just sad. Like it's not like it's not like you you watch something disgusting happen. You know, it's not hostile. Um, but it's not gonna scar you other than just emotionally drain you for the rest of the week. Um, I want so, the poster to say, it's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. It's just terrible and no one should see it. Shane's um, heart. <laughs> it's just a thing that like I could, I can't not once. talk about because I, I do. I think it's so impressive um, and, a, and a really brave piece of storytelling um, and, and very raw at a few times. Like, like I said, I, it, it becomes visceral. Mm. Um, so, yeah, don't go see or do not rent Dear Zachary, but it's great. <laughs> That's my number 10. Ryan? Uh, my number 10 is a comedy. And, oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I was actually debating between this and Zach and Mary. Um, Uh-oh. I didn't put Zach and Mary on because of... You chose well because Zach did it. Yeah. Uh, 
so this one is also made by a, a couple guys that I really like. Um, it's a movie called Role Models. Why do we still do this job? This is the best job in the world, man. We get to wear awesome outfits, and it's totally easy to do hungover. Let's rock West Academy. The energy drink, Minotaur, is good. Woo! Taste the beast! Minotaur! Oh, God. And a large black coffee. Do you mean a venti? No, I mean a large. Venti is a large coffee. Really? Says who? Fellini? You know what? You've been picking fights with everybody. I can't stand it anymore. I'm moving out. Woohoo! Good morning, flexible. Your electricity is out. Just doing my part to save this big blue planet. Your water is shut off, too. Like I said. Oh, hey, hey, hey! That's right, we're here. You can let it down. Too late, it's already up. Destruction of school property, vandalism. Shut up! They wanted to give you 30 days in jail. What? But I worked my magic on the judge. Instead, you have community service. You're going to sturdy wings. We bring adults and children together to enhance the lives of these children through one-on-one -on -one friendships. I already prefer jail. Hey, your kid's name is Augie Farks. This is Danny. He wants to be your new friend. I wasn't really 100% yet. Don't judge no me. No worries, my liege. <laughs> Ronnie's one of our youngest. No one's lasted more than a day. But I think you're perfect because you're young and you don't want to go to prison. What up, Ronnie? I don't want to take my pants off. What? been talking to them for half an hour. Kids barely said a word. I don't want to be alone with them, Danny. Oh. No, 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 no. What are you doing? Maybe you should think about losing the cape. People tend to avoid people in capes. This fall. She got some boobies on her. Never stare at the boobies, kid. But how? It's called training. You don't think I've noticed the 34 C's directly to the left of us? Boobies. Don't look over there. Look here. It will take a couple of boys. Are you sewing? Yeah. This is my country's emblem, and we would like to invite you to be a soldier in the Xanthian army. To make them men. This community service has given me some perspective. You complete me. You had me at hello. Oh, God. Danny. Games. I'm not Ben Affleck. You're white, then you Ben Affleck. You are white. It's true, I am white. Let's go. Role models. See you tomorrow, Ronnie. Oh. <laughs> oh. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Came out a week after Zach and Mary. Stole <laughs> yeah. a lot of thunder. And did very well. <laughs> uh, you know what? Wayne Take your it. fucking movie. So, uh, <laughs> It has a lot of his guys from Wet Hot American Summer in it. Mm -hmm. uh, Ken Marino also co-wrote it with Paul Rudd. Uh, in the movie, Paul Rudd and Sean William Scott play guys who pimp out energy drinks to kids to get them off drugs. <laughs> and, um, and it's called Menatar. And yeah. so they I actually watched this last night because I, I haven't seen it in a while. and said I should watch I this again. Feed yeah. the Beast. Yeah, it's uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Feed, Feed the, the Beast. beast. <laughs> and they're pissing like bright green orange. Um <laughs> And it, it has a lot of the humor that I love from the Wet Hot American Summer guys where it's totally stupid, but it also has a little bit of sweetness to it. Um, the little kid, uh, Ronnie, and it's really funny. Mm -hmm. And it also has a great message about accepting people for who they are. Augie, uh, who loves LARP, you know, everyone makes fun of him for it, but it brings everybody together at the end is kind of cute. Uh, I should have rewatched this movie because I really did. I, it was on my... Interestingly enough, this is a year where there I, I have a like top ten list from two thousand eight on Facebook somewhere. Um and it's in there at like, I don't know, twelve, something like that. I guess it was technically top twenty. Yeah. Um I should have rewatched it. And and Jane Lynch is great and I love when they go in there and she's talking about how they take their feelings and uh how she does cocaine. <laughs> she's like, just line them up and sniff them up your nose and <laughs> it's, it's so bizarre. Yeah. It's but like, uh, the same humor with all those guys. Uh mm -hmm. it, it's just fun. 
And yeah. I love the little boy. Keep on keeps on calling Paul Rudd Ben Affleck. Yeah, he'll come on, yes. Reindeer Games. But he, yeah, but he calls him by his <laughs> names. Uh, movies like Daredevil, Reindeer Games. Yeah, I forgot about and, that. And then he says, "Wait a minute, I'm not, I'm not Ben Affleck." He says, "You, you white? white, you Ben Affleck." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, it's, yeah. a, it's a fun flick. Oh, it's um, fun. It's just I like movies that are fun every once in a while. I and... haven't watched it though since I saw it in the theater. Yeah, so, me either. Um, yeah, I, th- well, I think I owned a DVD at some point, but I don't even know that I ever watched it. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's it's fun. And then uh, how you know Sean William Scott ca- character connects Wheeler connects with Ronnie is through Kiss. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's funny. And, oh yeah, that's right. He talks about how to check out boobs without women noticing <laughs> I love Ron- I, I, is it ronnie and sean william scott's both their larping uh costumes are kiss <laughs> just well, the kiss. whole group is kiss yeah okay. yeah that's right um, yeah man yeah i need to watch that again and there's like little funny right. character quirks like ken marino plays a stepdad for augie mm-hmm. and he's always in people's personal space and like paul rudd mentions it really like offhand it's really funny mm-hmm. i like that stuff uh, yeah number 10 role models cool cool uh Elizabeth Banks is on that one too, right? She is. Yeah. yeah. She is. Oh. She's great in that too. Yeah. I, I, I too, you know, the scene where he's talking about Vente. The only one that isn't large is Vente. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> and she has to tell him he's an idiot because Vente means 20. <laughs> it's good stuff. Brad? Oh, back to me, eh? Yep. He goes in a circle. I'm going to double check because I think I know what it is, but uh, I might be off by one. So can you get this right? Oh, what? That's great. I should have. Is the Wi-Fi down? I can hear Ryan drinking. I'm drinking body armor. Um, what is it? Sports drink. What makes this different from Gatorade is it's used with <laughs> coconut water. So it has a little more vitamins in it. Uh, well, thanks, I, fitness. Coconut water is Amy. one of the most disappointing drinks I've ever had. That's because it, it seems like it should be great. Like, it sounds so refreshing yeah. and wonderful. And then it's just not. It's just like dirty water. That's why you get it with Blackout Berry, where the, <laughs> co- the, 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 the coconut is just sweet. Um, sweet. Huh. The body armor electrolyte water, just the regular water is good. Mm. Are you not getting into it, Brad? It's like telling me I'm not signed in, but I am signed in, and it just now it just won't even load the. Oh, damn it! I had it. Oh, is that is, there it, we is go. the letterbox app on iPad on iPhone also fucking up? What? What? Vindicated? No, there I, we go. I just vindicated. I just used my fingerprint and I opened it, and it's still there. <laughs> See, this is why you guys do your lists analog. Why do you have to put your fingerprint on Shut the front up, of the Zach. phone? <laughs> <laughs> Because um, that's where the, the fine. I'll oh, go back man, to I'm writing my candlelight bread. <laughs> oh, it's, it's really great. It's really great. All right, my number nine. Oh, good. Let's get back like nothing ever happened. <laughs> my number nine is uh, pretty awesome, awesomely violent. Uh, my number nine is Rambo. He is a legend of war. A soldier without a country. You know his name. And you know what he's capable of. I was told it might be possible to rent your boat. We need to get upriver. Where? Into Burma. 
Burma's a war zone. Up the Salween River is our best alternative. I can't help you out. Please, that will help change people's lives. Are you bringing in any weapons? Of course not. You're not changing anything. What happened? Well, no one knows. You know where you are. What you're made of. I'm so glad. Oh, for the scene where he jumps up on the jeep and just wastes oh, a dude yeah. with a gun. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, it's almost UHF level. Like <laughs> yeah. just more, more and more Cambodians running over a hill <laughs> as he mows them down. Oh gosh, yes. Is Sorry. Burma Cambodia? Uh, I thought it was in Cambodia. Okay, never mind. It's in Burma. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or Myanmar, whatever. I don't um, know. Some Myanmar. Pacific area, ocean. Aren't they getting yeah. in, in, they're getting invaded by Cambodia? I don't know. It's Cambodians. Let's just say. I don't so, know. So the fourth installment uh, of this uh, franchise that has a horrible naming system. <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> um, uh, Rambo has been uh, uh, distancing, distancing himself from the world. And then these, uh, this group of, uh, what do you call them? Julie people, Benz. Yeah. People who. Julie Benz help disenfranchise <laughs> people around the world uh and some kind of missionaries but i don't think they have a religious yeah. or no are, are, are they're not it, disenfra- is it a they're religious like, group or is it like a greenpeace i think it's they're it's, they're helping the village i think it's a religion are they actually i think i think it is oh because because at the end the pastor is being dumb dumb and and isn't or whatever or no they're pacifists the, end, the past the pastor who's a pacifist ends up beating that dude to death with a rock and you're like yes yeah because now, like, now you oh know. you're gonna have to fight <laughs> it's like no there's better ways to do this is like you don't know nothing yeah um <laughs> you've never stood on a 50 cal and shot 75 men in a row so, you don't know so they th- these pacifists try to enlist rambo to be their tour guide of burma and he doesn't want to go uh, but like, okay, well, we'll go anyway without you. We'll find someone else. And he's like, oh, these people are going to get killed, so I guess I'll go. Um, and then, uh, yeah, like he says, they get captured, and then Rambo has to go rescue them. <laughs> and then he <laughs> violently murders. <laughs> you know, you, you watch three rated R, fairly tame Rambo movies, and then suddenly this fourth one is like, let's, let's go saving Private Ryan on this. 
and uh, show heads exploding and guts falling out. And Stallone directed this one, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's like it's like the the first twenty minutes of Saving Private Ryan, except that Rambo's the one who kills everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Rambo's the entire U.S. forces. Yeah. First Blood Part Two is my favorite Rambo movie. This is a really close second, though, because because not only is it like. Uh, <coughs> super over the top but it's actually kind of a cool story yeah oh yeah i mean it's pretty de- you know i mean yeah i i saw it once i need to rewatch it. <laughs> it it does though it feels like the way you remember rambo movies and not the way rambo movies are mm-hmm. <laughs> well yeah well the first rambo movie it's a dramatic like he yeah, doesn't, yeah, he doesn't story. kill it's anyone a beautiful no, he, dude, no, he throws a rock at a helicopter and the guy falls That's to right. death he does not kill anyone in the first Rambo. Does he set traps and they get killed? Yes, but they get they maimed. Just get tra- yeah, yeah, they get maimed. Like the actual death count is. It, it's is the corrupt zero. cops in the town that are yeah, blowing yes. it out of proportion. Yeah, because right. they're, they're just pushing him around, and they well, because he does blood. kill a. They they say he kills a cop, but he throws a rock at a helicopter. Mm-hmm. He doesn't kill a cop. Yeah. You the know. cop who was improperly trying to murder him. Not that him. you should... <laughs> right. The cop who was trying to murder him. Um, it's a wonderful story about coming home from war that turns into something absolutely yeah. ridiculous by the end of its run. <laughs> yeah. Uh, That's not, not a bad... Th- it's not a bad thing. It's not the end of the run. I'm pretty sure they're going to start shooting the fifth Rambo soon. <sighs> oh, are you in I it? Just, <laughs> is that how what you they, know? What are they going to call it? They I should have called this one... Of replacing the R, so it's just five Fam- Ambo. Fambo? <laughs> <laughs> um... Vampo. It's Vampire Rambo. I think it's they called... should call it Rambo 2. I think it's actually called a Rambo Last Blood. <laughs> Fuck. Ooh. Yes. I'm not yes. kidding. I think I read that. Uh, that's... At least that's the title they're going with currently. Oh, my God. I think Rambo the I Last really, Blood is pretty good. I really this wanted them to call blood. this one John Rambo because this was the same year or the year after, I think, they came out with Rocky Balboa. That was and the was original like, title. Oh, yeah. yeah, like that made sense. Like, cool. Yeah. We're gonna reboot these two with just the dude's name. Um, no, this one was supposed to be John Rambo, and then yeah. they're like, then it, then it would have been great if that if this one was John Rambo, and then the next one was Rambo Five. That <laughs> then then it continues to be the worst named franchise of all time. Like, even Fast and Furious doesn't have anything on Rambo. Uh, Fast and Furious is pretty clever with it compared to what too the fast, Rambo's. but at least the furious. numbers stay in order for the most part. Yeah, other than four, oh, yeah. like First Blood, the first movie isn't called Rambo. Mm-hmm. First Blood, <laughs> and then the second one is Rambo. First, first Blood, Blood Part, Part two. two. So now it's Rambo, and then it's Rambo Three. <laughs> even though there's not a Rambo <laughs> One. Two. If you've ever wanted, there's to, a Rambo One. There's it, no Two. If you want to know how the Wait, marketing no. system works, look oh, at the Rambo yes. franchise. Right. There's, there's no Rambo <laughs> there's a first Two. Blood Part Two. There's a Rambo One. There's a First Blood Part Two, but there's no Rambo Two and no First Blood Part Three. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Got it. No. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you just said, little kid. <laughs> but you're special. Zach, what's your number nine? Uh, good pick, Brad. Alrighty. My number nine um, is a uh, comic book film, um, and it is uh, one from a director that I continually uh, love to enjoy. Um, and it also Christopher makes you, Nolan. It also makes you love Barry Manilow a lot. Uh, my number two, or number nine, is uh, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army. Now for our next item, the royal crown of Beth Mora. A piece from a long lost culture. Lost? Not at all. Very much alive. And I am here to reclaim what is rightfully mine. Call security! (laughs) 
when our world is threatened. I have returned to wage war and reclaim our land. My forces beyond our understanding. Our government turns to an elite top secret organization. We're moving out. We had over 70 guests reported. We have no survivors. Same story here, babe. Don't call me babe. Hey, I said, hey. Red, we have company. My father died to uphold the truce with your world. I will call upon the help of all the children of the earth. The good. The bad. Give it up, Nasty. We can see it. You see me? How? How do you see me? And the worst. The Golden Army. The unstoppable force. Oh, crap. Kill them. I wouldn't do that if I were you. They're afraid of you. You have more in common with us than with them, demon. Excuse me. Make the choice. You woke up the baby. Was yeah. that oh yeah, came out in okay. June, guys. Cool. Well, I don't remember. Probably because you didn't go. <laughs> I was gonna it's not on my list. Um, Hellboy Two: The Golden Army uh, picks up kind of where the first one left off. Um, it it almost seems like it tries to reboot itself a little bit because the first one was not a massive success. Um, but I think it's a little bit deeper with the characters. Uh, Ron Perlman turns in a great performance as Hellboy in this one, like even stronger than the first one. Um, and then you've got the uh, the the world that Guillermo del Toro had expanded visually and kind of he give, he's given a little bit more free reign to do the things he wants to do visually with this film. Uh, the scene in the black marketplace is absolutely incredible. It's kind of like Pan's Labyrinth on fucking cocaine. Um, and uh, <laughs> um, and uh, Doug Jones is finally allowed to use his own voice and isn't uh, dubbed by David Hyde Pierce in this one. So he's playing Abe Sapien both in costume and with his voice. Um, and... One of the best, two of the best things in the, about, about the movie are how Red deals with his relationship with uh, Selma Blair's character. Um, and uh, one of the scenes involves uh, Hellboy and Abe Sapien, who are both kind of like pining for the girls that they love, uh, drinking uh, <laughs> drinking beer and uh, singing along to Barry Manilow's Can't Smile Without You. And then this film, which has been up to this point like a kind of like a, a fun kick-ass monster movie ends with the announcement that Selma Blair's character is pregnant and it just ends on a freeze frame of Hellboy smiling, which is really weird for a comic yeah. book movie, especially of this nature. But uh, it's 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 a clear example of how fun Guillermo del Toro can be when you go see his films. Uh, and uh, and Jeffrey Tambor's great in it. Um, you know, I mean, like his, his character's kind of fun to uh, play with in that series. Uh, John Hurt makes an appearance at the beginning, so it's kind of like fun to see that they continue like trying to utilize people, even if they've been killed off in the first one. Um, I know we're not going to get a third one. I know we're getting that Harbor reboot, but I would, I'd love to see what a third one would have been. But I think it's kind of like the 
Tim Burton Batman thing where you get two two pretty good films out of it and then you can kind of move into the direction you want to go to. So, um, but yeah, um, I saw it lo- more than I thought I would in uh, theaters that summer. Um, so, oh. and uh, they were trying to promote the hell out of it because they didn't do well um, at our theater. So we got Hellboy two Golden Army t shirts and uh, mine was definitely too small for me. And uh, so I, I would have to wear a shirt underneath it. Um, I don't know if I have it anymore. I need to look in storage. The shirt or the shirt underneath it? The shirt. The shirt itself. So I have to wear a shirt underneath it. I've always kind of been a like chunkier boy. So you, I think you're just fine. Oh, thank you. Just you. Do you, boy? Thanks, girl. Yeah, just just be you. <laughs> All right, but yeah, Hellboy Two, Golden Army. Cool. I really quick want to point out, just as a reminder, that this is the year that we got the wonderfully hilarious trailers for Midnight Meat Train, which were always a pleasure anytime I went to the theater and I got yeah. to laugh at the terrible trailers but for did Midnight it ever come Meat to Train. Theaters? Oh, yeah. I, I believe so. The, yeah. the name I mean, I didn't is, see it. The name is horrible and the trailer's not good, but it's a pretty good movie. I, I, yeah, I, no, it, the trailer's it, bad. And the trailer's bad, and like I remember seeing it for the first time, and when the title Midnight Meat Train came on... I was like, no, you didn't. You didn't name a movie the Midnight Meat Train because that would be insane. But they did. Um, it didn't come to our theater, but maybe it went to others. I guess. I don't know. I mean, I didn't see it. It was called the Midnight Meat Train. Um, cool. My number nine. Uh, I'm pretty sure I stole Zach's list because my number nine is another documentary. Um, <laughs> I can have a good guess of what it is. Right, yeah. My number nine is actually like a really well-made, beautiful documentary. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's called Man on Wire. I have never obstructed justice. Impossible, impossible, impossible. He said, well, I want to I string a wire between uh, the two World Trade Center towers. I knew he was a nut or a con man or something. As a child, I loved to climb. Nobody could stop me. If you want something, nothing is impossible. He told me he was a French journalist. It's impossible, that's sure. So let's start working. There's 200 feet between the towers. And there were going to be some guys in the North Tower. The whole idea would be that Jean-Louis would send the arrow from one building to another. What? We just weren't ready. Ma'am. I didn't want to be liable for the death of a friend. Why did you do this? Police took a humorless view of the act. Why did Where you do it? You? There is no way. Beyond anything you can ever imagine. Mind-boggling. I saw his face turning. Now I'm going to perform. This is probably the end of my life to step on that one. Death is very close. Et donc je criais, regardez, regardez, et il a salué. I figured I was watching something that somebody else would never see again in the world. Thought it was once in a lifetime. Life should be lived on the edge. This is what we're here for. See every day as a true challenge, and then you live your life on the tightrope.
This came very close to my list. Yeah. It's like um, at number 11 or 12. So Man on Wire is the, the uh, it's the documentary version of that not real great movie that Robert Zemeckis made a few years ago about the guy who strung the the um, Frenchy high wire between the twin towers. That movie's more adorable than you think it is. It's adorable, sure, but you know it's also like it's as CG as the Polar Express, oh, which wait, isn't I'm what wrong. I needed. Didn't even, I'm, I'm wrong. It didn't even make my top twenty. Oh well, yeah. that's too bad. I do like it though. It's great. Um, so. It's a it's a documentary that follows uh, this French guy, Je, uh, Je Petit. Uh, yes, uh, that name, and uh, he's you know always wanted to like just do things that like really make people <laughs> inspired, that are artsy, that like draw a lot of attention, that you know, make people feel good about stuff, and so he decides that he's going to string a high wire between the twin towers and walk across this high wire. Um, and uh and it's it's a documentary that feels like a heist film um as they tell you the story of like how they trained and how they planned for it and and everything that they had to do to like sneak in and you know hide from guards and pretend to be like you know service guys and get up this elevator and and finally get up there and and they got to shoot an arrow from one building to the other to get the rope across and then of course he finally gets out there and it's this majestic moment and um i think the thing that i mean spoilers for a, spoilers for a movie from 10 years ago that talks about history the thing that i think is is such a beautiful move in the film is that when you get to the end it has this really melancholy moment where you realize like this guy did this actually beautiful piece of art on a pair of buildings that aren't there anymore. Mm. And so it's almost like you lost something else, you know? And it's it's obviously in comparison to all of the people who died not that big a deal, but it it somehow just hits an emotional place where you're like, "Man, like here's one more thing that we kind of lost um mm-hmm. that you just don't think about." Um and it is just a really beautiful like story actually like what he's trying to do and why he's trying to do it and you know you know you could say it's also just because he wants to be famous but at the same time like when you when you see these people looking up there going like holy shit like here's there's this this guy out there you know and they kind of just once he was out there kind of just had to let him do his thing until he was done um which is a really funny moment when the you know he'll like get close to the edge and the cops will try to grab at him and he there he's like what you're not coming out here like come on nobody is as crazy as i am um it's really charming and wonderful and an easy watch and, and even if you're not into documentaries i think it is really compelling so um yeah. i think i think what's amazing about that film and even the walk uh zemeckis's film is that that's what it was called yeah uh for a for a for a big good portion of both of those products you're not um at least from my perspective i kind of like forget that they're not that those towers right. aren't there yeah. and then at some point it hits you right um that they're not there even before they they reveal it on screen for the audience who's never going to who who might not remember it right away either but like it is it's a powerful story um i didn't see it in the theater um yeah, i actually saw it like I. a couple of years later um and like i don't know like i mean it, it's 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 a pretty solid doc it's one of the it's easily one of the best documentaries made in the past 10 20 years so mm-hmm. yeah it's great Cool. That's my number nine. Uh, my number nine. This year had a lot of movies with my favorite actors in it. Ooh. And um, mm-hmm. this one is one of my favorite actors. In it, he plays a German guy who needs to foil Hitler's plan. Mm. Oh, okay. It's yeah. a film called Valkyrie. 
Gentlemen, we can save Europe from total destruction. We have to show the world that not all of us will like him. It's too great a risk. It doesn't change what we must do. What did you have in mind? You could serve Germany or the Fuhrer. Not both. It's just that talk that had you sent here, Colonel. What I said was much worse. Valkyrie's in effect. If they catch you, they will pull you apart. If I fail, they'll come for you. All of you. I know. Do you realize what you've done? We've been discovered. Every second we stand here is a second lost. If you want to live through the night, you'll do exactly as I say. What makes you think you're stronger than the very momentum of history? My Fuhrer, may I present Colonel Stauffenberg? Valkyrie. Valkyrie tells a true story of a German officer who hatched a plan to assassinate Hitler mm -hmm. by planting a bomb in his bunker that yeah. actually went off but it didn't kill him because of the placement of the bomb spoilers for history yes spoilers for history but then it also tells a story uh, i mean the tension is amazing and it's <coughs> it's told in a way where you actually i think a lot of the german officers started feeling once they started getting into the war mm. because you you have to follow orders uh, i mean if you don't follow orders even in the united states army you can be tried for treason yeah so um he followed these orders, but then he started doing secret correspondences to overthrow the government, and um, it's really it's really well shot, really well told. Um, I, I love that it started off. You know, the big controversy was: is Tom Cruise going to do a you know a German accent? And how they got over it is the opening of the film is them reading in German, and it blends into Tom Cruise just starting to talk, mm -hmm. which I think works because I mean, if you watch old World War II movies, it's British guys playing yeah. Nazis, <laughs> yeah, like so. <laughs> How about how about we all just wake up to the fact? Do you speak German? No, then you probably want him to not speak German, right? Yeah. Okay. How about do you want to read subtitles for the rest of the movie? <laughs> yeah, but I got a movie for you if you do, but it's not. I know. think that I think that the issue is is like, well, will will he do an accent to not even it's speak in German? Right. Yeah. So that we can all sit here and critique his accent, like, yeah. But it's it's, it's a it's a really 
good movie. It's it's fun. It's like Brian Singer at his at his, like his oh, peak. Yeah. It's it's a, it's an interesting thriller and one that harkens back to Singer's like op- like some of his first films before he goes into X Men territory. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, 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 yeah, I, I like cruising it a lot. Um, it's not on my list, but it, but I remember seeing it in the theater and thinking it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, because you look at it too, it's. It, the Cruz's character is also fighting for Germany, mm-hmm. which is a weird perspective right. too, because you're usually just the Nazis. I mean, to me, they're probably just like ravenous zombies that need to be taken care of. Um, Germany is the first country that the Nazis invaded. Yeah, exactly. So it's it, it's a really fascinating um, turn on that. Are you talking to the ghosts? No, it's probably my folks. <laughs> no. uh, so yeah, number nine, Valkyrie, cool. Tom Cruise. With one hand. Good pick. Eddie Izzard's in the movie, too, I think. Yep. I can't remember where, but it's been a while since I've seen it. Danny Houston, I think. He's like just the, in the background, one of the big waving. Danny Houston, son of John Houston. Yes. <laughs> one of the bad German guys. Yes, he is. Zach? No, Brad? it's Brad. Brad? Brad? <laughs> I looked me. right at you. <laughs> Don't disenfranchise Brad. Get your head in the game. Uh, my number eight is a bunch of little animated films strung together. My number eight is Fears of the Dark. <laughs> What this is on your Halloween film explosion list. Yeah. I, th- I thought you were going to say the Pixar animated short collection. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the movie Shorts. <laughs> oh, what is this? Uh, this is uh, like an indie horror anthology film that uh, they got a bunch of different artists. So there's a bunch of different art styles. Uh-huh. Uh, and they all tell these like little, not like graphic horror stories, but very like moody, like. Uh, uh, aesthetic, aesthetically horror, or uh, no, 
Tales of Terror. <laughs> yeah, like more cerebral. Mm, uh, there you go. Yeah, that sounds like a good word. Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's like a staple of like my Halloween playlist every year because it just huh. it has an atmosphere of just such weird dread. Um, is it yeah. a lot of little short? Like how many? How many is, is it? Is like, like the ABCs of, of Death but animated? Oh, okay. There's like yeah. six. Okay, so they're um, longer than. But I haven't like. Minutes. I don't think I got to actually watch it last year, so I'm a little like rusty on it. But um, the one I'm remembering right now is like there's this guy uh, stuck in a cabin alone, and he's uh, uh, just like stoking the fire, and he's like he hears stuff in the cabin. Um, and the way it's drawn, it's just like it feels so isolating. Um, and then um, like as he's searching the house, you know, stuff starts appearing like in the shadows, and um, I think it's his wife who died. And then like at the end, you find that they're all dead and he's dead. It's anyway. Um, yeah. I think there's another one where there's like a werewolf in town or some kind of like beast monster. Hmm. Um, so stuff like that. I, 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 yeah. I, yeah. My, my memory is not as far as this, what it used to be. Yeah. <laughs> the specific tales, but yeah. what? It's cool. a French film. Yeah, yeah, I guess but... in general, yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's probably really hard to find. Um, but if cool. you, if you do come across it, check it out because I think it's it's like it's Neat. got like a really good atmosphere to it. Like it really makes me creeped out. Creep out, yeah, makes po- me feel creeped out. Poster looks creepy. <sighs> cool. Yeah. Oh, let's look that up. All right, my number eight uh, is a film that I actually had to rewatch yesterday to make sure I wanted it on this list because um, I only saw it twice the year it came out. Um, and, uh, I, I, I just, despite some issues that I had with it on this recent viewing, I still think it's a pretty wonderfully, uh, made, uh, uh, visual art piece. Um, my number eight is the curious case of Benjamin Button. My name is Benjamin Button and I was born under unusual circumstances while everybody else was aging. I was getting younger. All alone.
Um, I like Kate Blanchett. Yeah, or uh, or also known as Weird Forrest Gump. Um, it's uh, it tells the story of a guy who's born uh, old and gets younger as he ages. Uh, it's based on a short story by F. Scott Fitzgerald. The first time I saw it, I I loved it, but I wasn't like it. it I don't think it would have ever made a list. Um, but I watched it like I, I've watched it over like I've watched it. I watched it twice when it came out, but it still stuck with me. Like I don't know how else to describe it. Like it's it's not a Fincher film I go back to, obviously. Yeah. Um, but rewatching it yesterday, like it's it's a lot more intelligent than I remember it being. Even though the story that they're telling is fairly standard Hollywood romance across the ages thing. Um, I think, though, the difference between it and a Forrest Gump type of thing in terms of how they... Because they're very similar stories. Mm-hmm. Benjamin Button's a lot more intelligent with the way it tells its story because it's got a different director behind it doing different things. Um, they weave history in throughout that film pretty well, whereas Forrest Gump kind of like throws it in your face with the whole integrating Tom Hanks into footage with John F. Kennedy. This film kind of does a better job of like, oh, like, you know, they're 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 at Cape Kennedy at one point and all you see in the background is a rocket going off, but they don't like make it a big deal. Um, they have him in the war and all they do is just play the Pearl Harbor announcement and then that's when they go off to war. But they don't like they don't shove history directly in your face like they they kind of. They kind of weave it in. Are you in telling us suddenly. you don't like Forrest Gump? I don't really like Forrest Gump. No, um, we can tell. In your, we just we just your okay. critique of it. Yeah, no. man. Um, and I, I, I this, never heard this doesn't make Gump any sense. Stupid though. Yeah, well, it's just man. Um, but um, and it's shot beautifully. I think this is when Fincher started really working with that digital camera because um, he he starts off with it in Zodiac, and then this was where he kind of uses the shit out of it. This is the film where, if you read the history of it, he started doing like those hundred takes a uh, hundred takes per scene kind of thing, and mm, he did it on necessary. Social Network where he did like fucking like hundreds to get that first conversation right. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brad Pitt's great, Nick Kate Blanchett's wonderful in this flick, and she she's wonderful at everything. Uh, I mean, she's, so, she's so pretty. I mean, there's another movie in there here this year that I would argue against that, but uh, you know, uh, I mean, it's not like the most like it's again. It's not one that's like the most populous choice, but uh, yeah. and it didn't do well when it came out. But I think it it's worth noting because that and it's a good technical achievement that that the CGI for Brad Pitt's young uh, young and old uh, face is actually still it still holds up pretty well on that HD TV. So um, and uh, Taraji P Henson as his mother Queenie is still an amazing performance that's worth watching. Yeah, it's one that I need to revisit. I know it was it was actually pretty high on my list from 2008 mm-hmm. um so i must have liked it yeah but i can't barely remember anything it's, about it's a film. long movie that's the thing like that's what well, i realized it's 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 hard to sit down and just watch it casually it's also a surprisingly under discussed fincher film mm-hmm. like i've watched a lot of video essays and read a lot of stuff about everything else of his um you know shoot even even fight club which i don't care much for and yet i just don't <laughs> see a lot of people talking about uh, Benjamin Button. So it's it's interesting because um, it's based on a short story by Fitzgerald. It's one of the most. It's probably one of the best Fitzgerald adaptations ever made because it's just because nobody can get Gatsby right. <laughs> that's part of it. <laughs> well, bam! And I wasn't a big fan of Amazon's Last Tycoon series, but um, uh, but it but it just feels like a Fitz. It feels Fitzgeraldian throughout the entire thing. Like it's because yeah. it, since it's a short story, you can't go off of much. But it's yeah. it's mood and it's tone. And it's storytelling 
um, outside of its uh, similar elements to Hollywood films, feels very much like a Fitzgerald story of that, like examining the lost generation. Um, and it just, I, I don't know, like it, it works for me. So um, cool. I enjoyed watching it again yesterday. So I'm going to dig into that Criterion bonus disc, though, because those visual effects shots are pretty fucking cool. That's a weird one that debuted on Criterion. Yeah, um, they must have made a pre-arrangement with that or something. Because, yeah. um, but I mean, it's just it's just as solid a criterion as any. Um, and uh, also, Tilda Swinton's in it. I forgot about that, and she's got a really interesting role as a woman who swims the English Channel um, uh, and almost makes it, and then she may have completed it years later. So yeah. James? Oh, and Mahershala Ali. Sorry, I blocked out what. Um, has as long as the case of Benjamin Button that <laughs> I uh, my number eight uh, man honestly the next eight films are all just great um, the other two yeah. weren't <laughs> well they're documentaries so it's different oh yeah the, I think number bottom. ten yeah. wasn't um, yeah right my number ten bad <laughs> my number ten bad film no one should watch it um uh, <laughs> Uh, my number eight, man, I feel like I'm going to start sweeping late, but not for like top of the list stuff. My number eight is Tropic Thunder. The action guy. It's been a tough year for Tug Speedman. Simple Jack, the story of a mentally impaired farmhand, was a box office disaster. Make my peepy maker. Tingle. The award winner. Critically acclaimed Australian actor Kirk Lazarus underwent a controversial procedure in order to play the platoon's African-American sergeant. I bet I could call up some of them greens, noodle some crawfish out the patty, yo. You're Australian. Be Australian. The comedian. Hey, fuck you. You think you can do what I do? Ew, gross! <laughs> This summer. I am dealing with a bunch of prima donnas. <laughs> Sorry, can we cut? What is going on here? The scene is about emotionality. Ah, oh, shit! That's the signal. Go, go, go! Mother Nature just pissed her pants, dude! Ah. Wanna make this movie right? You must put those boys in the shit. Take them off the grid! The movie they think they're making. We have rigged this entire valley of death with hidden cameras. Isn't a movie anymore. So what? Let's go and make the greatest war movie ever. This feels pretty real. Yeah, exactly. Let's use it. Yo, asshole! This motherfucker's dead. I think I can spot a prop head when I see one. Oh, jeez. <coughs> Ooh, ah, There were times when I was doing Jack that I actually felt retarded, like really retarded. Veronica. Exactly. An imbecile. Yeah. Like the dumbest motherfucker that ever lived. When I was playing the character. Maybe I just knew I had to represent. Hot damn. Because they had one good party in for a black man, they gave it to Crocodile Dundee. Uncle Greg's kid. That man's a national treasure. I'm sorry, a dingo ate your baby. You about to cross some fucking line. It's time to go home. I have a son now. You can call me Papa. I was wrong! Ah! Ah! Tropic Thunder. Ah! Yeah, 
did. This, so. yeah, I I adore Tropic Thunder. I think it's hilarious. Um, there's another comedy higher on my list that I just emotionally connect with more. Like that's the thing. As hilarious as this movie is, I just I don't like connect to it as much as as some other stuff on the list. So everything else is mean, a little bit higher. <laughs> <laughs> but it is. It is. This just feels bad because genuinely, like the next four films, I could just swap out for any. You know, I could swap them in in their places. Um, Big ass titties. <laughs> <laughs> every yeah, like everything about that movie is the just top of uh, hilarious. my list. Doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, oh. yeah, man. I didn't think this would be so high on. It's pretty high list. on mine too. <laughs> Revenge man. of Brad already took one of mine away. Now oh man. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. Um, Tropic Thunder. I think it's great. I'm sure we'll talk about it some more, yeah. and and simply quote it a lot because it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's a good one, Ryan. <laughs> uh, my number eight, uh, two is a Halloween favorite of mine. Mm. Um, I really like the simplicity of the story this movie tells. Um, it's it's just because they were home. My number eight is The Strangers. I just want to tell you something. What do you want to tell me? You are my girl. I love you, Jimmy. What is that? It's okay, there's nothing here. I haven't heard a dog bark or a car pass. There's someone out there. What is it? It's my phone. <gasps> oh my god. We gotta get out of here. Then open the door and I just want you to run, okay? This one was really close. Uh, I really like number eight because I, uh, number eight. I like the number eight as well. <laughs> I really like the strangers because you know, uh, eight's like a in vertical infinity sign. <laughs> it is uh, because it took, the story is about a couple that's on its outs. So there's this weird tension throughout the film, um, and they're also being terrorized for no reason by in the in the middle of them getting murdered. You're like, yeah, but will their marriage make it? <laughs> yeah, but. I, but they, yeah, they're being terrorized for really no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they ask why they're doing this, and they said, because you were home. It reinvigorates that that 
that that terror that you feel about the randomness of violence. Mm-hmm. It's 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 interesting how I mean when it first came out, I didn't even think about this, but then an essay came out years later that equated it as a perfect post nine eleven film in terms of how to examine mm-hmm. how, what terror feels like, just in terms of how the atmosphere of the country felt at that um, point. You know, it, now that Screen Factory has put out a Blu Ray for it, it, the the director of it. Uh, said many times that it says it's based on a true story. Mm-hmm. It's actually based on several true stories, and he's really um, pulling from the Manson murders, mm-hmm. where it's people, I'm just hanging out, and someone shows up at my door and murders me. Yeah. Feels like a true story. Yeah. And so it's... The imagery's really well. It's shot really well. Yeah. You can tell it doesn't have a big budget, but it works in its favor, so there's lots of dark scenes uh, never really know what's going on. It's geniusly economical yeah. in its approach. Um, the scenes with the whenever they're outside trying to get to the car is fucking. Mm. Oh god, it's good stuff. Um, so yeah, the strangers. Um, I remember when, when we went to that Halloween party and I put that burlap sack over my head like the scarecrow, and people thought I was the guy from the strangers. Yeah, <laughs> they, they did. <laughs> <laughs> it was creepy though. So I love that scene also where she like gets the pamphlet from the boys. Mm-hmm. Like it's a great it's a great moment in a in an otherwise very. I'd say kinetic film. Like it's not it's not super slow, but it does have a it's pace. Not slow. To it. It, there's a, a deliberate pace to it. Yeah. Um, like I said, it, it, it's interesting because nothing in the film is really happy. Mm-hmm. So these people are being brutalized at the same time while their marriage is falling apart. Yeah, and it's it's a really interesting way to play the film. Pray at Night is actually a tiny bit happier than this film, <laughs> but only for like moments. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah good choice. Strange, I love that flick. No, yeah, my number seven uh, is on this list because I remember going to the Mayan for uh, to go watch, uh, I forget what movie, um, and it doesn't really matter at this point because when I got there, I saw this line going around the block, um, and I asked someone in line, like, what is everyone lined up for? Like, what could possibly be have a line at the, at the Mayan? And that movie was Repo the Genetic Opera. By the middle of the 21st century, organ failure had become a worldwide epidemic. But Geneco was there to satisfy the demand for organ replacements. The problem is, if you miss a payment, Geneco sends out the repo man. And when he finds you, your time is up.
So I bought that ticket. <laughs> and apparently the uh, peer pressure. The uh, creator was there, Terrence Zudnick. 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 Yeah. So uh, I just wandered into this like, like local or like <laughs> small tour screening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this one off screening, and uh, I had a good time. It was a lot of fun. The um. You know, the, the plot is pretty simple. There's this girl whose uh, dad is keeping her, like, locked away because she's got, like, some kind of blood disease. And so she can't, like, be exposed to the world. And they live in a world where the government is heart, like, you know, they're harvesting people's organs if they don't pay their, like, health insurance. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Yep. Which... I think we're on our way to that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pay for your health insurance with your health. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, and eventually, uh, <laughs> the girl's dad is a doctor and he's fed up with it. So he just starts like murdering the people who enforce that policy. And then, um, yeah, it's, it's a musical and it's, it's very stylish. And the, the director, he did the third or second saw movies. Uh yeah, Darren Lynn Bowsman did two, three, and four. Two, three, and four. Yeah, um, and that's also kind of like I, I like the film. It, it's not on the list, but I I do like it. It's a it's a film that's expanded in its own fun little art house way. Like there's they're not sequels, but there's like spinoffs like the Devil, Devil's Carnival and stuff like that, where it's like short film experiences that then lead to the thing that this director's been doing lately, which is the. Uh, the augmented re not, not augmented reality like it's like this like immersed re immersed reality shows and whatnot like the tension experience which are fun to think about but I would never want to do. Hmm. Um, so there's spinoffs of this. Yeah, something called the Devil's Devil's Carnival and um, another one that they did where it's like a traveling show like they show a short film and then it also becomes part of a like a interactive experience. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, I was about to say like ten years later I haven't really thought about like I'm surprised there wasn't like a some kind of sequel to this. Yeah, well, I mean, it did not. Yeah, it didn't Lions, the box Lions, office, but they were they were like they had to get they had to pull off an arm and a leg to get it out the way they wanted to, which was the roadshow, um, because Lionsgate wasn't going to do a wide release; they were going to dump it on DVD, and then like, it, it's weird because it was supposed to come out in 07, and there were trailers for it as far back as then. Um, so, but yeah, no, it's it's a fun flick. I, I like Bill Mosley in it. Uh, Ogre from Skinny Puppies in it too. He's pretty good. Uh, oh, yeah, Bill it's the, in it's, it. it's easily the best. Par it's easily the best Paris Hilton movie ever. <laughs> um, uh, and Anthony Stewart Head, really good in the film. Uh, Hadi and the Naughty. <laughs> All of these are the weirdest that's, compliments. That that's her movie, right? Easily, yeah. Well, is. I'm sorry, that one easily movie she the did best. With Jason person. Mewes. <laughs> that's funny. Cool. 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 Zach. Zach. My number seven uh, is uh, my more favorite romantic comedy from this year. Uh, it's a flick from uh, a guy who I've really grown to love and ad admire in terms of like the films he makes and stuff. Uh, and also uh, it uh, has a wonderful use of puppetry. Uh, my number seven is Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Hey, you got here fast. I got a surprise for you. Peter, as you know, I love you. Are you breaking up with me? Pete, are you, um... <laughs> We're leading different lives. It's like you're standing on the dock and I'm in the lake. Sarah, I swear to God, I'll jump in the lake like a merman. Do you want to put some clothes on? Would you like to pick out the outfit that you break up with me in? Oh, my 
sexy crime fighter Sarah Marshall has been spotted cozying up to singer and notorious Lothario Aldis Snow. <laughs> She's dating somebody. And until I do the same thing, I'm going to feel like I want to die. Hi. 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 Do you mind not saying that? Do you want to gag me? Kind of now. I had sex with this woman who I barely even know. I'm really scared that I have an STD, Doc. Peter, I'm a pediatrician. Have you noticed you're sitting on a fire truck? <laughs> Everywhere I look, I'm reminded of her. Why don't you go on a vacation? I could go to Hawaii. Welcome to Turtle Bay and enjoy your stay. Peter, what are you doing here? Came here to murder you. This is a disaster. Go someplace else. I'm not leaving here. It'll look like I'm running away. Wait, why are you whispering? You're not following them, are you? Get out of there. <coughs> Peter. You okay? Got hurt, but I know Sarah, and I'm pretty sure I just ruined her day. <laughs> <laughs> like to grab some dinner, please. Is your girlfriend joining you? No. You're just by yourself? Yeah. Do you want, like, a magazine or something? It's going to be boring. I just would be so depressed. Oi, oi. Why don't you come over and sit with us? Did you see her boyfriend? He is ridiculous. I like her hair. I wonder if the carpet matches her pubes. This spray. Get out of your head. It's really nice out here. Are you going to jump or what? Come on, Peter. I can see your vagina from here. I'll jump. Oh. Universal Pictures presents. My homie over here on this honeymoon. Are you giving to a hard and rough the wife? Wants me to do certain things. No, no. God would not put a playground next to a sewage system. A comedy about getting left behind. You need to get back on that board. Oh, oh wow. Mate, you got coral on your leg. Can you get out of my leg, please, hotel man? You sound like you're from London. And coming up ahead. I think it's good you're getting out there. I think you need to move just a tiny bit further away from the microphone. Oh. No closer. Oh. Now a little further. Okay. Closer. And then... Oh, I know what you're doing. You <laughs> stop that. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. That's a great necklace, Liz. Did you have that a second ago? Oh, that's gross. That's a really good one. Yeah. Um, forgetting Sarah Marshall, like a TV composer who has a girlfriend who's famous on a TV show. She dumps him, and then he goes like to Hawaii. CSI Miami. So <laughs> yeah. Great. Jason Bateman's her partner. <laughs> um. Jason I, Bateman's always really good at playing like a douchebag. Yeah, there's a great scene where he's trying to score, and he just keeps putting a Seinfeld score. <laughs> <laughs> um, this movie, uh, you know, like I, I was really into Apatow at the time. Like I think this because after Superbad and Walk Hard and uh, Knocked Up the year before, I got really into Apatow. Went back and started seeing everything of it, and I watched Freaks and Geeks for the first time this year, and that was the first time I was like really aware of Siegel other than Knocked Up. Um, and, uh, you know, like watching this flick is, is, I, I think that script is like extremely heartfelt and, uh, immensely, like immensely adorable. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's extremely mature. Like it's, it's, I feel like it's what that movie, the breakup wanted to be, <laughs> but couldn't be because it's the breakup. Um, and, uh, and Siegel's an amazing leading man for the flick, um, Stoller, who directed it, does a great job of utilizing their location with Hawaii to kind of mm. tell an old-fashioned romantic comedy mixed in with the Apatow vibe and style. Mm. Uh, I mean, Russell Brand's fantastic in this. His interaction with Jonah Hill's so good, they give so him a spin-off movie that's just as funny. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and I, and I like the... 
the soundtrack to it is great, and I love the uh, the the stuff that Russell Brand does for it as that uh, pop star. Um, it, it just it, it's it's a really great film. It touched my heart a lot when it came out, um, and I went to it's it a, a couple one. times in the theater. Um, I, uh, I again like it, I was like a uber comedy fan and back in this time, and like I was like fanboyish about it to like a a, a, a super nerdy degree. Um, and this was definitely one of the most anticipated films that year, um, mm-hmm. other than Zack and Miri. Um, but this one sticks with me more. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it was Did you get hip- hypnotized by Jason Siegel swinging his dong? <laughs> I got a surprise for you. <laughs> Refixated that... on Kristen Bell's eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just. I was just. I was just trying to figure out what's up with them. Um, no, beautiful and yeah, talented. She, she's got one wonderful person. She's got wonderful eyes. Um, no. Uh, but that scene it generated a bunch of weird controversy i remember for no stu- for no reason whatsoever um, cuz it's just it's there and he's vulnerable in it it's actually a very like great way to do nudity because it shows vulnerability and then it makes you love that character a lot oh yeah so no it's a great scene <laughs> so yeah. Uh, and as I said before, great use of puppetry. That's a Dracula musical that I still want to see on its own merits. <laughs> oh, gosh, it's so good, seriously. And Bill Hader, I, I like he's playing Van Helsing in that scene. It's adorable. Yeah, man, I come to that's slay. a really good one. <laughs> I watched it uh, back in the summer, and and that movie holds up really well. Great Jonah Hill line that now reminds me of Ryan to this day for some reason is just like I just went from six to midnight in my pants. <laughs> I don't know why it just feels why like something. Remind me of it, it just feels like something you'd say. That's how exactly he feels when he sees you, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Um. Oh man, yeah, it's a good one. Really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, my number seven um, is a movie that was way higher on my list in actual two thousand eight, but has sunk some. Um, mostly because it's a very dramatic film, and its statement is pretty obvious. Um, but I think it's still really good. Uh, my number seven is The Wrestler. Great to meet you. One, two, real. Good, you really brought it. Thank you, thank you. You hang in there, you got a lot of ability. Have you ever seen a one trick pony and feel so happy and free? If you ever well, I was wondering if I could get some more work. All I got is weekends. Isn't that when you sit on other dudes' faces? Have you ever seen a one legged dog? You have a beer with me? <laughs> one beer. If you've ever seen you have a daughter? Oh, uh, my daughter, she don't like me very much. You should call her. And you seen me. What do you want from me? I'm an old, broken-down piece of meat, and I deserve to be all alone. I just don't want you to hate me. And you seen me, but I Two words. Three. Match. Bring it. You know, with a little luck, this could be my ticket back on top. Tell me, friend, can you ask for anything? 80s, man, best ever. Guns N' Roses. Crew. Yeah, then that Cobain had to come around and ruin it all. <laughs> 90s sucked. 90s sucked. These things that have comforted me, I drive away. My only faith's in the broken bones and bruises I display. You know, the only place I get hurt is... 
out there. I'm really here. This life, you can lose everything you love, everything that loves you. A lot of people told me that I'd never wrestle again. The only one who's going to tell me when I'm through doing my thing is you people here. So, wow. wow what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm just saying you're, you're sweeping legs left and right. Oh, right now. I thought you were going to talk oh, really? about that. Really? Really? I thought this movie yeah. was I, I thought this movie was maybe too high. Yeah. Um, it, no, you're wrong. I, so, I, I thought that you were going your, like, Forrest Gump route there. <laughs> no, this is fucking stupid. Fucking oh, no. <laughs> a sling blade impression. Yeah. <laughs> Nowhere near as good as Black Swan, which just tells the exact same story, but with really, really easy to, to, uh, you know, to figure this. out. I'm switching my... Uh, Number ten Iron Man with the wrestler, just to p- <laughs> <laughs> just to piss you off more. Oh. Uh, my number seven is the Nice Guys. Uh, no, <laughs> so uh, really sweeping legs on that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, the wrestler, especially like at the time, I d- I didn't see all of this, um, but now I kind of understand. So the wrestler is Darren Aronofsky's response to No One Seeing the Fountain. Um, mm-hmm. and, and really this movie and black Swan, which is the film he made right after it are, are the same film, but told in two different styles. Black Swan is a really shitty film, um, <laughs> that tells this same story, but in high art with a lot of, um, surrealism, which ruins the film. Um, and then this is the film where he tells this, this same story, but through low art. Um, in this case, it follows um, uh, Mickey Rourke plays a a, ram. a like a wrestler, but he's not like he's not John Cena. He's like a local wrestler, like he's p- pretty small time. Um, and it, it shows you a a lot of the reality of these guys who are a lot of them really sad, beat the shit out of themselves, hurt themselves intentionally quite often. Well, he's washed um, up in a Jake the Snake kind of yeah. way. Um and wow. and this is the yeah <laughs> poor Jake. Jake, Jake <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. He did resurrect himself as a, as a movie title yeah. once told me. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so the uh, you know, and it it's really the story of this guy who can't help but fuck up his life, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really the the heartbreak here or the heartache here because even in his relationship with his daughter he ends up inadvertently fucking that up too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like he does yeah, it intentionally, but um, he's like, yeah, it, I, I think it's a really beautiful, tough film to watch. Um, it stuck with me along the meat slicer. Meat slicer yeah. Which is basically the movie. Like you're watching a guy stick his finger in a meat slicer, the whole film. Um, and, but but it's one that really stuck with me for a long time. Um, I still think about it every now and then. I, I think it's a really beautifully shot film. Um, it is not the masterpiece that The Fountain is, but that's because nobody saw The Fountain, so he had to start talking down to his audience, um, <laughs> and th- which is why this movie is so easy to interpret, um, but not quite as easy to interpret as Black Swan, which hits you in the face with it. Um, People didn't not see the fountain. They just fell asleep during it. <laughs> um, they said, "Ooh, Wolverine!" They, no, they, you're right. They saw the fountain. They just didn't understand it. Why's he gonna um, pop those claws? Uh. <laughs> that would be bad. <laughs> 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 Rachel Wise gonna fight a mummy? Uh, yeah. 
Um, if just so, at the end, like you see, like Jackman like flying through there, and you just see his like fist clench and the claws come out, and it ends. Well, yeah, because he gets oh. to the tree of life, and then he gets the healing power of of Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I'm still like, has to watch his wife die. The so the prequel to the X Men series. That's, I mean, Aronofsky it, it, was supposed to do an X Men movie. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Aronofsky was supposed to do a Wolverine movie, so maybe oh, this makes man. a lot of sense. The now. mutant gene comes from the tree yeah. of life, and it's why he's so brooding is because he just can't save his wife. Who's also the queen of England of of Spain? Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So the wrestler, I think it's pretty good. Yep. Uh, number seven also has one of my favorite actors in it. It, it might surprise people that this is on my list, um, but the interplay between the two uh, sisters is great. My number uh, seven is Sunshine Cleaners. Hey, how do I look? Hmm? Good. Yeah. Mm. I love you. Mm. Don't tell him any more lobster man stories. He had nightmares all week. He hears this horrible sound. He knows that Lobster Man is out there, and he's totally screwed. We're all finished? Because it's our first visit, we did the blinds and the appliances, and nobody Rose? mentioned any... Paula Datsman, cheerleading squad, junior year! God, you know, I was always so envious of you. Head cheerleader. Dating the quarterback. So, um, what are you doing now? Hey, you know, I was working this scene today where this guy offed himself in the sporting goods store. So they brought this cleaning crew in. He's over here in fishing, too. It's gross. It's a racket. You ought to get into that. You think you can make a ton of cash cleaning up after dead people? You don't have a job, and do you really want to live with dad for the rest of your life? All we have to do is go in there and throw everything away. Oh, my God. I think it just takes love getting used to it. <laughs> Great. Now we're going to have to clean that up, too. Took all that stuff away. We made it better. The girls have gone into their own business. Sunshine clean. Since 1963. It gives us a sense of stability. People like that. It's a lie. Yeah, but it's a, it's a business lie. It's not the same as a life lie. Hi, Mac. It's me. What are you calling here for? He's never going to leave her. There's not a lot that I am good at. I'm good at getting guys to want me. Not date me or marry me, but want me. You're better than them, Rose. A gray sky. Would you like me to sit with you for a little while? Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn is your favorite. One of your favorite actors. Cleaning. <laughs> cleaning. Do I say cleaners? I mean yeah. cleaning. That film stayed cleaning. in our theater longer than I thought it would. Yeah, it's a really it good came one. Out. It I'm is. It's great. Um, Amy Adams plays a lady who goes into business of cleaning up crime scenes, and <laughs> her, uh, I guess, uh, addicted sister Emily Blunt is there too. Mm -hmm. uh, helps her out, and it's just a really cool family dynamic on how trying to make it in life. And Emily Blunt is really amazing in this film. There's a great scene where they're talking on like the train tracks um, to each other. Um, yeah, this is like real early Emily Blunt. It is. Like, Steve Zahn's in this no film one. too, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, he's the shitty husband. He's a shitty husband. Yeah, and Alan Arkin. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, Alan Harkin, right? Yeah. But no, the, uh, I, I thought because it's it's really kind of it falls in that indie mold that I have a hard time getting into the films um, where they're indie mainstream. I call it, um, but it, it's really it's well made, and it, it can always be saved. If the dynamic between the characters is really good, and I think uh, Emily Blunt and Amy Adams is really are really great in this film when they clean up gross stuff it's a really funny idea for a uh, story just in general like every time they go to the store to get more supplies and stuff like that like it's just really good it comes out at an opportune time for for a story of that nature like a quirky dark comedy kind of mm. thing like, yeah not like super dark but just like well no it's a dark place for sure yeah but it but it doesn't like but she does it for you know she wants money for yeah. helping her family so right but it but like the dark you're not drowned in the darkness no it's no. kind of like breathing for air sometimes. drowned in, dar- <laughs> drowned in <laughs> darkness is the name of my new indie band. <laughs> Drown in darkness. <laughs> That's the new Good. title of the Friday Thirteenth film. Good choice. I need to. I need to rewatch it. I haven't seen it since it came out. So, yeah, it's a good it's one. A good one. I, I I only saw it the first time maybe last year. And mm-hmm. I went. Was I doing my Emily oh, Blunt? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, that's when I saw it. It's because it sneaks by. Nobody saw it. I only saw it because it was two years after Little Miss Sunshine, and I was like, a movie about sunshine. <laughs> Piggybacking on that sunshine money. <laughs> yeah, that fat, fat Luma sunshine money. That fat indie sunshine movie. Oh, Steve Carell. Great actor. Fat indie sunshine oh. movie is my next... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> this is Zach Eastman's story. <laughs> oh. Told in black and white. Fat and it's just... sunshine. I'm going to get a tattoo that says fat indie sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> right across my back. It's really good. Love it. Yep. Brad, number six. Well, it wouldn't be my list unless I had a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie on it. Oh, oh yeah. So my number six, six, right? Yep. Yeah. Six is JCVD. didn't expose right i'm 47 years old and it's very difficult for me to do everything in one shot we have an actor here whose films no responsible parent would ever expose their children to go go i lost my daughter you're gonna get over that the check you made bounced i'll get the money okay Tell the producers I need someone up front. Listen, John Claude, they took somebody else. Who? Steven. Steven Seagal. He promised to cut off his ponytail. Uh. Jean Claude Van Damme. Ah, Van Damme. Yeah. Une photo là. Bonjour. Okay, good. Jean Claude Van Damme. Jean Claude Van Damme is holding the bag. Possible hostage situation. Allô. Jean-Claude? I want six million dollars. Million, okay? Police have surrounded Jean-Claude Van Damme in his downtown bank. What the hell is wrong with you? You're an international movie star. What are you doing? Come on. 
say it's like the John Claude Van Damme movie. This is a good fucking flick. Yeah. Uh, so Jean Claude Van Damme plays himself <laughs> as the celebrity Jean Claude Van Damme who gets caught up in a bank heist. And in the course of his, the bank heist and his failing career, um, he has little moments of introspection about what you know his life has been and what who he is. And it's a uh, really indie and uh, sort of subdued for an action movie, but uh, uh, and he eventually uh, figures out how to become the hero, and it's it's pretty cool. Mm. Pretty yeah, movie. that's yeah. a really cool high concept. Uh, it's like Birdman before Birdman, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's even a part where he's like flying, like he <laughs> inexplicably f- just kind of floats up and. <laughs> Starts doing this monologue in the air. Uh, yep, it's, directly into the camera. It's 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 a shame too because it's like it's the predecessor for like a lot of like like that that awesome uh, John Claude Van Johnson idea from Prime that didn't go beyond obviously, but like I I, I loved JCVD when I did see it two years later uh, in 2010, and it was just like one of those things I didn't know existed. Like it, I don't think it even played. At a theater that I was aware of at that year, so. well, I saw it the Shirtis. Oh, then I just I didn't even know it was there then. Or the Esquire? Yeah, that was the first year I went to the Shirtis though, because I saw milk there. So, um, but yeah, no, it's a great flick, very wonderful, interesting fourth wall territory they're diving into or self aware territory. Yeah, I'd say. that's my number six. Sweet, Zach. My number six uh, is a film that I um, I love uh, from Two Brothers. Um, it's also it's a film. Two Brothers. It's, it's also a film that um, my whole family went to see the second time I saw it, and we shouldn't have brought my sister. Um, my number six is Burn After Reading. Madonna found like this CD just lying in a locker on the floor there. Yeah, and it's these files, man. I'm not comfortable with this. It was just lying there. You should put up a note in the ladies' locker room. Put up a note? Hello? Did anybody lose their secret CIA stuff? I don't think so. Osborne? Osborne Cox? Who am I speaking to? What you're engaged in is blackmail? I'm a mere good Samaritan. Give me the CD or bust the money! Is it? Well, let's get in the other room and find out. <laughs> oh. You're part of a league of morons. Oh. You can be a spy too, madam. Oh. I am very surprised you did not give us that reward. What is it? What is it? Yes. interface with the FBI on this dead body. No, no, God, no. Burn the body. Get rid of it. Okay. That'll give him something to think about. <laughs> the reason cool. they, the reason my sister should the reason my sister <laughs> the, same way, like, 
This, the reason, no, no, no. I'm glad. I'm, I, it's not on my list. I'm glad you got it on the list. Uh, the reason my sister probably shouldn't have seen it is because there is a scene where George Clooney shows uh, Francis McDormand a dildo chair, and uh, my this... my mom felt awkward. So okay, with sitting next to my daughter, or not to my daughter, to my sister. <laughs> so I I run into so my guys. I have some news. <laughs> so I run into my mom last night uh, getting food just by chance, um, and we were talking about this, and she was talking about movies from this year, and she's like, man. She goes, burn after, and I'm, I'm with Brooks, and I'm like, and she goes, man, burn after reading, so good. But you know I have a problem with that film. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Brad Pitt getting shot? And it's, no, no, it's the dildo oh, chair. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so weird, I forgot about this dildo chair. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, uh, oh, yeah, no, it's a, it's the whole movie, there's this subplot where, where <laughs> George Clooney's George building, building, building something in the basement. And you think it's like weaponry or something. Right. And it, um, it's it's a rocking chair that when you sit in it and rock back and forth, a dildo, dildo. comes up between the legs of the chair. Um, and then when that's it, what he's building in the basement, the whole film. And then when it, when he finds out his wife's been cheating on him and breaks his heart, he starts smashing it around. But the dildo is the only thing that remains intact. <laughs> and I sort of remember it when you first said it. I thought it was like you know mm-hmm. the the Game of Thrones chair is made out yeah. of dildos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This is um, my least favorite Coen Brothers film. Um, wait, 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 well, wait, wait. You're wrong. Wait. When, <laughs> when was the last time you watched Intolerable Cruelty? Yeah, okay. All uh, right, thank you. They're about A and B. <laughs> I think if you cut... there, There's some of the subplots in this one that don't work as well, but some of the stuff... Is, you know, I the, think all the stuff with Brad Pitt, I, I think, is great. I mean, like, I, I mean, obviously, these these are two perfect filmmakers who've never made a bad movie, but... Well, except this for Intolerable is, Cruelty, uh, uh, which is a bad sh- movie. Sh- 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 quiet you. Um, <laughs> uh, this is also the guy who doesn't like Forrest Gump, so I don't put too much stock yeah, into wait, what he What are you talking <laughs> about? Yeah. Um... Whatever. Anyway, there were Whatever. four other better movies from 94. Anyway. Um, Name them. Shawshank Redemption, Quiz Show, Meh. Pulp Fiction. Meh. And Meh. then, oh, God, what no, is that No, Pulp Fiction one? is not better than Forrest Gump. Um, and I love Pulp Fiction. Uh, okay. But anyway. I love that they've integrated Pulp Fiction in <laughs> the Brett Kavanaugh, like, Senate earrings. Yeah. It's been really funny. Yeah. Um, really good. But Burn After Reading, um, I probably should say, one, it's the Coen Brothers, but two, uh, it's a, it's a... It's a loose story um, dealing with the lives of people living in Washington, D.C., and, like, some of them work for the CIA, some of them work for the State Department, stuff like that, and some, some are just... Some work at a gym. And some of them work at a gym. Uh, the, the, the main, like, I guess the main... There is no real through line through this movie. It's kind of yeah. like an ensemble piece where everyone kind of collides hilariously together. Uh, if there are, is a through line, it's the discovery of the CD that was left at the gym... And Brad Pitt's character thinks that there's CIA shit on it. Uh, his name is Chaz, by the way, and he's a fitness nut, and he's an he's, idiot. It's, <laughs> it's really great. He's an immense idiot um, and played to full effect very well. Um, and then so the whole, I- the whole idea that was sold on the trailer is that it was stolen from this guy named Oswald Cox, who is played by John Malkovich, Cox. who's a, <laughs> who's a, who's a uh, uh, man who's been fired from the CIA for drinking too much. Actually has a great line where he's just uh, – where they – uh, he's like, I have a drinking problem. You're a Mormon. Next to you, we all have a drinking problem. <laughs> um, um, but anyway, yeah, Burn After Reading. It's not. It's certainly not the Coen Brothers' best film, but it's still a fun film, and it's still a good film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the the whole uh, idea. There's only two scenes of it, but it tells a supposed to tell a broader story of the fact that the 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 higher ups at the CIA are watching all of this unfold, and they're just marveling at the idiocy around them. 
Um, like J.K. Simmons has a great moment where he's just like, "Report back to me when I don't know when it all makes sense." <laughs> so, uh, and uh, it's I, I've I've equated it to an adult Looney Tune cartoon to a degree. So, uh, but yeah, check it out if you haven't seen it. Burn after reading. Uh, don't worry, next year the Coen Brothers come up with a masterpiece. So, wow, yeah, that's true. pretty bold statement to make on something you haven't seen. Two thousand, two thousand nine. That was really good. Um, great. Uh, my number six. <laughs> nope. Six? Eternal six. loser. Six. Six. <laughs> my number six is a movie that apparently Henry gave two and a half stars because he's wrong. Um, it's a charming little gem from that year that no one saw, uh, but that you should. Called Miss Pettigrew lives for a day. I don't know what I was thinking. Entrusting my children to someone with your. Miss Pettigrew was a nanny who couldn't keep a job. She found you rather difficult, Miss Pettigrew, and that is a recurring theme. I'm afraid we have nothing suitable for you at the moment. So when the opportunity arose, she stole someone else's. I believe you were expecting me. What time is it? Five minutes past ten. Oh, God. There! It's time to wake up, darling! I can get your boy up. They just need to know who's in charge. First door at the top of the stairs. Get up! He's a much bigger boy than I had expected. Oh, you know it. <laughs> He's here. Who? Nick. Another man. Well, of course, another man. Since when did girls smoke cigars? If I want to smoke cigars, I'll damn well smoke cigars. But they're yours. You betcha, baby. With Nick, I get his magnificent flat. And with Phil, I get a chance to be a star. Michael wants to marry me. Another man. And with you beside me, I feel strong, firm. There's something so sensual about fur next to the skin, don't you think? Miss Pettigrew is my new social secretary. After the lingerie, shall we go shopping? Well, that scarf looks perfect on you. I, for one, am not running around town with Oliver Twist's mom. A little powder. <coughs> Close your eyes. Okay, open. This is me. As nature intended. No. I'm crazy about you. I want you to marry me. He is impossible. Magnificent. If you'll help one woman choose her destiny. Today, Phil announces who gets the lead in his play. First stop, West End. Next stop, Hollywood. No more games. Just me or that's it. Let's go, Lizzie. Sock him in the jaw. What? what? You seem to have made quite an impression on him. Yes, I do, don't I? Focus Features proudly presents... Some music, please! Have you ever been in love at all, Guinevere? That was all a long time ago. Academy Award winner Frances McDormand. Miss Pettigrew. Miss Pettigrew. Miss Pettigrew. <laughs> Academy Award nominee Amy Adams. You know how close I am to having nothing? Choices just have to be made or you will miss out. In a comedy. Men are so untrusting. I can't think why. About making all your dreams come true. A woman can do anything. Must be extraordinary being you. Miss Pettigrew lives for a day. Um, I did see it, and Henry is wrong. Um, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Miss Pettigrew Lives for a Day is a movie that stars Frances McDormand, who plays Miss Pettigrew, and it starts. It's in England in like World War Two ish. I think even World War Two is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, yeah. Uh, anyway, um, and. Or no, yeah, no. It's right before World War Two. That's right, because she there's this that scene with the guy that she kind of likes at one point, and they remember how hard World War One was, mm-hmm. and then all the, all the young people like are kind of excited as World War Two is coming in because they think like, oh, you know, it's gonna be whatever, and then but like the older people remember like, <laughs> no, it's not actually fun. Um, I think 
Uh, or I, I might I, be confusing that with um, that movie where Judy Dench uh, get, makes ladies get naked. Um, what's that movie called? Anyway, uh, Miss Henderson presents. Miss Henderson presents. Right. Um, saggy boobs. But any, no, <laughs> no, it's not. She doesn't get naked. She gets attractive young women naked. No, no you're wrong. Bob Hoskins soldiers. gets naked. That's why it's called saggy boobs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Miss <laughs> Pedigree lives for a day. Um, I don't remember it immensely, but I remember liking it. Yeah, or having fun walking out. So. Oh yeah. Um, so Miss Pettigrew at the very beginning, uh, gets fired from her job. Um, and uh, when she really shouldn't, but anyway, um, so she's like, not sure what she's going to do. And she ends up sort of randomly getting paired with this woman and sort of becoming this woman's like, um, helper maid, whatever. Um, and it's Amy Adams, who's like a local singer and like sort of up and coming celebrity and, uh, and Amy Adams, this is like that early Amy Adams, like re- charm turned up to 11, like just adorable. You can't help it. What year? Did like she enchanted did she, level. What What year did she do Junebug? Oh, that was before Enchanted. It's like so 2006, that, 2005. Yeah. So, like it, but yeah, this is yeah. after Enchanted. So like it's we're after, on. Yeah. She's already won the Oscar, but she's like, <laughs> this is, this she is right win. around. Oh nominated. yeah, nominated, right? Um, but she, she's it's right around that enchanted level where she's just like as charming as she can possibly be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's before she started trying to be serious and do like, I'm, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in the fighter or Batman v Superman. <laughs> oh. It's called Batman Five Superman. Um, I just call it Batman Superman. <laughs> Actually, cause, yeah, because Ryan is right. Um, no, well, anyway. That's just a, that's just two names, <laughs> Steve Johnson. Like anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hi, my name is Batman Superman. <laughs> Looking um, at your resume here, Mister Batman Superman. <laughs> Batman Superman. <laughs> yes, my parents are very eccentric. <laughs> that's the name of my next kid, Batman Superman. Dude, you gotta Bruce. name your next kid Tuba Batman. <laughs> Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Cowell. <laughs> Uh, um so anyway uh amy adams the character is like in a love John triangle John's mr mixelplick <laughs> Mi- oh no oh. anyway miss Pettigrew uh, lives for a day yeah so mr mixelplick you gotta go to school today in a in a mary poppins-esque kind of way miss Pettigrew, but more realistic miss Pettigrew tries to help amy adams figure out all her dumb I'm a young lady shit because uh, she's like in weird love triangles and stuff like that. And it's just fun and it's charming and Lee Pace is in it. Um, and this was like right after or during uh, um, Pushing Daisies, Lee Pace. So he's just as, also as charming as he can be. Uh, like everybody's just great. The poster so, should say it's charming, it's funny, and Lee Pace is in it. <laughs> it's charming. Everybody you like is in it. It's only ninety minutes long. You should see the fucking movie. That's that's what the tagline should be. Yeah, so, see the fucking movie. See the fucking movie. <laughs> the tagline is a curse word, but isn't the movie like PG? <laughs> see, see, the, see the fucking movie. It won't take that much of your fucking time. Zootopia. <laughs> Zootopia. <laughs> anyway, Miss Pedigree lives for a day. Number six. You should check it out. Uh, my number six is another favorite actor of mine. Actually, it's my favorite film that he's made. Uh, my Ooh. number six is The Bank Job. The Royal Princess. Oh, dear. 
what a fiasco. We have to get our hands on these damning photographs of a certain royal person. The photos are in the safe deposit box of the Lloyds Bank. There can be no connection to us. Ah, makes us all look stupid. I've got a proposition for you, Terry. A bank. As in, Rob, can you see us taking on a bank? This is about getting into the deposit box of secret wealth. Because people won't report it. Hello, boys. What are you doing these days? Fashion's my game. Film work. That's nothing to be ashamed of. We're not bank robbers. Maybe that's why we could get away with it. So what's the verdict? We're bloody going for it. On the corner here's the bank, next door's the chicken inn, and at 189 Le Sac. We'll dig a tunnel in a safe deposit vault. They know what they're doing, these people, do they? No, absolutely. Professional criminals. All clear on the Western Front, guy. Over. No names, Eddie. Sorry, Dave. Over. Time to get paid for all our work. <laughs> We're in. Let's make some money. Look at this. 47. Sounds like a good year to me. Oh, no. Where'd these come from? You better come clean. Tell us what this is really about. If you would like to give us an itemised list... Of... The whole point of having a safe deposit box is so that people like you don't know what's in it. You stole from me. I'm from friends of mine. To the imitation zone. Get my pictures back. Not every customer satisfied. We have to find those villains before your honest colleagues do. You've opened Pandora's box, you dumb. You could get seriously nicked in. Peace and love. If you watch that, we'll both be out of a job. Haven't had this much excitement since the war. Wow, man, yeah. I forgot Very about good one. choice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jason Statham in this film doesn't really play his butt-kicking Jason Statham in it. He plays uh, a con man who does one last con to steal money from a bank, which is actually a true story. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, a lot of liberties in the film, but... Right. Uh, Saffron Burroughs wasn't there Saffron in real life. Saffron Burroughs was not there in real life because she was eaten by a shark. We all know that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, he hires... It's just basically a, a bunch of dudes who buy an office next to a bank and they decide they're going to dig underneath to the, the vault. And it gets really dark when they start figuring out everybody what's happening. They kill a lot of people in it. Um, yeah. I need to know if you're robbing a bank. <laughs> I need to know if you're robbing it's, a it's, bank. It's a, it's, no. it's, I need to know your ATM number. I, what we're saying is this is the movie that links the Meg and Deep Blue Sea. Yes. <laughs> okay. I just want to point that out. <laughs> yes. Um, it, it does. It's interesting that uh, – because, like, you know, Statham started off with Snatch and uh, Lockstock, Two Smoking Barrels and stuff like that. So, like, he goes into this film. Like, it's not – it. At this point, he's been making, like, the cranks and, like, mm -hmm. all the other stuff. So this film is surprisingly restrained. Yeah. And I really enjoy it. It's, like, one of the first digital copy things I ever got, and, like, I love it. It's, yeah. it's fucking fantastic. I think actually. maybe why it's my favorite Jason Statham film, too. I mean, it's a, it's a well-made film, and I enjoy it a lot, but it is really kind of against cast oh, yeah. for him. He's, yeah. he's more of just a dude. He's not 
the superhero guy in Crank or the Meg or It's devoid whatever. of one-liners, so instead he has to kind of create a character mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah, so. it's a movie where, like, if you read the synopsis, you go, yeah, that sounds like a Jason Statham movie. And then you watch it and you go, like, oh, in the execution, it's a totally different yeah. mm-hmm. tone. It, it's, it's basically a crime thriller. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I really like it. The costumes are really cool in it. It takes place in the 70s. Yeah. Um, the poster does a da- bad job of telling yeah. you what that film is. It's right. <laughs> it's not marketed well at all. They should have made it like a 70s type of poster. That would have been a great yeah. idea. Oh, you should check it out if you haven't seen it. I don't think it did very well. No, no. It, it, I I think it came and went pretty quickly for our I theater. Think it, I think the title wasn't great. Yeah, they should have just called it Bang Joe. Yeah, you <laughs> Get rid of the the. <laughs> that, that's the problem. The problem was the. But yeah, no, I really like it, and it's fun. Yeah. Check it out. Yeah. Sweet. Brad, I'm do I five. need to get a hat? You're all wearing hats. I'm not wearing a hat. I yes. didn't want to shower before I came. <laughs> I literally rolled out of bed and put on a hat. If I, I take off my hat, uh, then my brain will escape from my body. So, mm. got to keep it capped in there, man. Makes sense. My number five. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, oh, that was really good, Brad. Yeah. Oh. You rock. Your number five. My number five. Um. He's going to cut all this shit out. Uh, is the better... It was remade, I think, two years after it came out. Um, and this is the better version of it. Um, it is a... Uh, I already a new disagree. Spin <laughs> on the vampire lore. Uh, my number five is uh, Let the Right One In. Controversy. <laughs> I'm gonna flip this fucking table over. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it's yeah. a good movie. Yeah, let the right mm-hmm. one in. I it's think a it's great movie. Swedish. It's maybe? Swedish. Yeah. Swedish. Because look at that little boy's haircut. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> lot of blonde people in this movie. A lot of blonde yeah, people. A, a lot of big ball haircuts. With the vampire. There's a movie that came out there. a couple years later. I think Spider's called uh, Let the Right One In. Or Let Me let In. Let me in. in. You're right. Well, no, Let the Right One In is the best one. You know what? Doesn't have as good a title. That's the problem. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's this little boy in some like Swedish town um, who's like I forget he's either bullied or he's just like really lonely. Uh, isolated. He's youth. just really isolated. Lonely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he is bullied because like the, the I mean the pool sequence is him getting bullied. Yeah, that's right. Um, 
Um, you know, oh yeah, it's which a, now I remember the end is, is one of the yeah. things that's better about that. The Swedish version is the, the man. The pool sequence in the Swedish version is mm-hmm. fucking good. Yeah. Um. um but yeah, then yeah. this like mysterious little girl shows up and he becomes friends with her and then she's starts to find adorable. out. Starts to find out that she's uh, a man some, eater. Some, yeah. Um. <laughs> she's a vampire. Spoilers, she's. Yeah. <laughs> um. It is an interesting take on the vampire tale. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's, it's really great. you know a little girl that's stuck at being a vampire it's yeah. a it's a dense fucking movie though yeah. even beyond its genre tropes because it's when you by the time you get to the last 30 to 45 minutes of that flick and like stuff starts getting revealed about what kind of like creature she is and whatnot and why she's hanging around with that man like it's all creature wasn't the word i thought you were gonna say there um <laughs> no so it, 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 the, yeah and her, her she's got like a you think it's her dad or whatever but he's actually yeah. her husband and She's right. ageless, and he is aging, and yeah. uh-huh. um, eventually he needs to be replaced. And yeah, there's you know, I, I we've talked about this before. We talked about it a lot. If you go back to our review of Let Me In, um, I think we talked about it a lot. But I think the reason I end up there's two things. I think that Matt Reeves' version of the '80s and like all of the setup is so good in his version. Um, the biggest thing though is that there's that that one reveal. That just muddies Let the Right One In. Um, That's from the book. Um, But it just sort of muddies that film for me and what that movie's trying to say, um, where they take that out in the American version, also because anything about sexuality and gender in American films has to get cut out. Where she Um, shows them her her genitals? Well, where she reveals that, like, she's actually, like, a boy who's been castrated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, that that whole thing just kind of muddies the point of the film in some way i think it's um, unnecessary yeah and it, it's it's uh anyway um but it is uh, they're both really good and it, it is a they're they're cool to like watch next to each other because they're the differences in some ways are really subtle like as much as we joke about it i think they're both really well-made films R- yeah. um, richard, and there's stuff that's done better in the swedish version for sure richard jenkins in that remake though is pretty fucking good yeah so. oh, shit he is really good yeah yeah some of it is just that i think the like if it's a if it's made in english like some the performances just feel better to us and so that's part of why like that one just just some cultural separation oh yeah Yeah. totally yeah um also depending on um you have to be careful if you go back and watch it now there's some some of the subtitle edits depending on which version you get are fucked up um and like edited weirdly uh i can't remember it now i'd have to go back 10 years but Um, we'll get in your time machine and fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I brought my DeLorean. <laughs> but that's a really good pick. I'm glad, I'm, did, glad I'm glad we got to talk about that one because when I saw it on there, I was like, man, I can't put this on my top ten, but it's a really cool movie from that year. It's a really solid flick. And that pool scene, man. Yeah, it's pretty badass. Still better in the Swedish version. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lot of, yeah. a lot of horror movies on my 2008. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Zach, what's your number? It's almost like it's five. October. It's number five. Uh, my number five is a film from Clint Eastwood, um, but it is not the one that you'd think. Um, my number five is Changeling. My name is Christine Collins. On March 10th, my nine-year-old son, Walter Collins disappeared 
In a five-month investigation led to a boy being brought to Los Angeles from DeKalb, Illinois. The LAPD told me and all of you that this boy was my son. He was not my son. Is this Mrs. Christine Collins? Yes. I'm the pastor over at St. Paul's Presbyterian. I've made it my mission in life to bring to light all the things the LAPD wish none of us ever knew about. This police department does not tolerate dissent, and you are in a position to embarrass them, and they do not like it. I just want my son home. Why are you doing this, Mrs. Collins? You have stopped looking for my son! Why should we that be looking for someone we've already found? The mayor wants this to go away. Yeah. You can't do this. No. You are to convey the prisoner to the Los Angeles County General Hospital Psychopathic Ward. <laughs> By signing this, you certify the police were right in sending you here for observation, and it absolves them of all responsibility. I won't sign that. Orderly! No! What the hell have you done with Christine Collins? I know my son is out there. I can still feel him. Your son, unfortunately, would not be the first. But if you do it right, you may very well be the last. Your handling of the Christine Collins case has exposed this department to public ridicule. If the boy you brought back is not Walter Collins, then where the hell is he? I want my son back! I want my son back! Do you even have more than one film this year? Yeah, Gran Torino. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Um, and I actually struggled with putting Gran Torino on the list because while I think that film is still pretty good, um, I've had issues with it, especially while doing the um, uh, the film filmography examination of Clint Eastwood. Like it, the film is a little tone deaf today, especially nowadays. Um, still a good film though. Also, that song, man, that song just takes a whole star away. Um, Changeling, though, on the other hand. I think holds up immensely well, and um, when I get to the end of the film filmography uh, dissection of Clint's, I'm going to be doing a top ten. This film is probably easily in the top three. Uh, Changeling stars Angelina Jolie as a mother in the uh, late uh, in the early 30s who is um, a switchboard operator. Um, she comes home um, after leaving her boy home alone to find that he's disappeared. And uh, the police find her boy, but then it turns out it's not her boy. Um, and the movie is about Angelina Jolie trying to call out the police for giving her the wrong kid. And there's there's three things this film does really effectively. Number one, uh, it handles a murder mystery really well. And it uh, ties into this actual chicken coop mystery uh, from history where, like, this guy, like, kidnapped kids, kept him in a chicken coop, and then killed him. Um Two, um, it handles the corruption of the LAPD at that time uh, immensely well. Um, and uh, three, it's a, I think, ahead of its moment uh, flick about female disempowerment and uh, mental health um, uh, issues uh, that sadly have never gone away. Um, this film, uh, this this film is a is a very it's tough to watch um, even today just because of like how Angelina Jolie's character is treated because she's, you know, she represents a like a, a large voice in America that's unheard. Um, and the uh, the way they handle it, I 
I, when I first saw it, I thought it was too melodramatic, but as I've rewatched it for the Clint Eastwood thing, I realized that it's a lot more mature and the best possible mainstream way you could get across a message about how much women are disenfranchised in our, our, in our country. Um, and her particular play is a great example of that. Um, and Angelina Jolie is fantastic in this film. I think it's one of my favorite like performances of hers that isn't like from the early night or the late nineties. Um, uh, and, uh, John Malkovich is in it too. Uh, he, he's wonderful in the supporting role and the film is shot beautifully like an old fashioned melodrama, like a, like a, uh, like I'm talking like mid to late thirties, early forties style. Um, it's got that kind of like sepia look without being too sepia. Like, I don't know how to describe the color palette quite correctly, but it, it falls within Clint's wheelhouse. Um, and I think he does a great job at examining all the angles about like how much tragedy surrounds this situation, not just from the perspective of a child being kidnapped and then children being used as replacements, but also just like, you know, like how, how much like that woman has to go through. Like she's treated like she doesn't have a voice and then she's just treated like she's just insane. And then you go inside the insane asylum that she gets thrown into at one point and it shows how much we disenfranchise mentally ill people in the country. So it's just, it's all like a very powerful statement. And what I've loved about Clint's films and why I continue to do the thing that I'm doing with this filmography thing is because he, 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 he tells the story because it's a good story to tell. He takes no stance he shows it as it is, um, and this film uh, is a is a is a pretty good allegory that when it came out was not respected at all. Like it got terrible reviews. Um, like it only hit about like I mean, if I looked at the tomato meter, I think it's like at a sixty percent. It should be at a fucking ninety. Like this film's pretty fucking incredible. 60% I think not that bad. a lot of a lot of uh, uh, European critics actually um, found out this film's genius when it played at Cannes. Um, and have still talked strongly about it to this day. So, Changeling, number five. It's the one film I did not see in theaters um, this mm. year. Cool. So, but I highly recommend it. And Clint Eastwood does not sing a song in it. So, oh, there we go. All right. Add one star. <laughs> <laughs> the Changeling. He only sings the first couple of lyrics in that, in that song. In Gran Torino? And then it goes to Jamie Cullum. Oh, well, I think I think a, a blood vessel popped in my brain before he was done with that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't remember that. Uh, I remember no sweet release. Um, get a letter in the mail. My number Jeez. five. My number five is Iron Man. Nice. Hmm. There we go. It's great. Shoot the thrill. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot the thrill. <laughs> um, yeah, it's really good. Very important. Yeah. Fun movie. It stands fun. up. No, yeah. and I think it's actually come a little higher on my list than it was the year it came out. Um, there was too Junior's much artsy great. fartsy stuff uh, on my list the, uh, in 2008. So hmm. anyway, yeah, that's, that's my number five. <laughs> Ryan, your number five. We're gonna talk about it more. Um, my number five actually never came out in theaters. Um, it's a documentary, uh, and I think it's actually the most uh, sad documentary I've ever seen. Um, yeah. No. No, it's not yours. Okay. Um, All right. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a History Channel documentary, and it's called 102 Minutes That Changed America. Something coming from the outside uh, due to the uh, nature of the uh, opening uh, on about the 100th floor of the South Tower of the World Trade Center. I'd like to congratulate you tonight. Well, every 
It's unbelievable it woke us up. We're, we're, we're freaking videotaping it. I have no clue what it is. There's just black smoke and what looks like paper, but... Wait... Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! What? Oh my god! The two planes, the one right There were two? Another one just hit it. Yeah. I did not know that. Sunshine, the Zaki's <laughs> Yeah, that's a really sad one. No, this one is um Fatty Sunshine. What did we call it earlier? I forget. Fat, fat Indie Sunshine. Fat indie sunshine. Yeah. It's Fatty Fatty, fatty sunshine, sunshine is now. my rap name. Yes. <laughs> fatty Sunshine is your rap name. Fatty Sunshine. <laughs> Opening Sorry, up for Fatty Sunshine. Um 102 minutes of Change America details the time when the first plane hits the World Trade Center to the time the second tower collapses. Oh, it's a comedy. Yeah, it's a comedy. <laughs> and uh, it it tells a story in real time with no narration, uh, just little, like, bass playing throughout it. Mm-hmm. And it's all footage taken from people that were at the events. Wow. So it's so it starts, and it, it, the only footage they have of the first plane hitting is the guys filming, the news crew filming the firefighters. Mm-hmm. So it starts from there, and it's 102 minutes of excruciating pain Sheesh. because... You have people, you know, when it first happened, it's people going, well, man, how that plane hit there? We don't know what's going on. And then they intercut it with uh, first responders responding. Mm-hmm. And so it's people that, you know, are not going to make it. And um, the, the most powerful part is, I mean, when, when the second plane hits, there's these girls screaming in their apartment that are filming it. And then uh, as they're going, they show the first responders running up to the World Trade Center. You just hear. And it's people like hitting the ground yeah. and the faces of the first responders. And there's no narration. It's 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 a brutal watch, but it's really well made. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's 102 minutes long, so it never it never leaves New York. Mm-hmm. Um, it has news reports cut into it, so you know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're aware of like the Pentagon. And you're aware of the, the Pentagon and, and, and you, United ninety three. United ninety three, but it's uh, it's devastating. It's 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 a tough thing to watch, and you know, uh, footage of people just falling from the building. I mean, there's this one part where this dude is. Uh, filming this man who's trying to go from one window to the next and he just falls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, they don't make it, they don't over, I don't know, they don't like freeze it or anything. You just see him fall. Mm-hmm. And it you just people, how they deal with it. And it's, and people's faces, I think, so compelling 
And I, I see this movie probably every year because I usually show it again on the History Channel. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was like made by History Channel. Yeah. Oh um, wow. Um, I've never seen this. I have to check it. Yeah, out. Yeah, you should. If you want to be depressed and not feel good and be well, sad. that's my this daily the, routine, Ryan. This is the saddest <laughs> film explosion ever. Yeah, but <laughs> like, it's it's sad, and I think that the event is so. I mean, it changed everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really like the title that much, but. Um, it's it, it changed how everybody perceives not only the United States but the world mm-hmm. and how vulnerable people can be and and it's tough. I mean, you're watching three thousand people murdered, mm-hmm. you know. And it, there's uh, I, I always keep that in mind. I remember a mom of one of the victims on the second plane that hit, mm-hmm. and she said because there's so much footage of that one. She says every time they show that, I know my son's being killed mm-hmm. and, and, and things like that. Is you know, so when you see it, it's tough and it's mm-hmm. um, yeah. So. Uh, let's let's hope the next one's not as depressing. Uh, but it's a really great film, and it really puts you into uh, the what was happening then. And um, it's an awesome, that's an awesome choice. I, I have to check it out if it's on. Um, oh, I'm sure you can get if you go to historychannel.com. I'm sure it's on there. Sweet. Or I'm, I'm, you can probably even go to on demand. It's probably there. I can get that nice road truckers. I'll be set for the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, make sure you sandwich that in between like American Pickers or something. Yeah, don't just <laughs> watch getting this. super stoked about Fred uh, Ford Fairlanes and yeah. stuff, and then yeah, just then get really depressed. That's and... actually a good idea. American Pickers right after that, just a marathon to get <laughs> yeah. that. Yep, <laughs> because that's that's how America changed. Yeah. Oh, so Brad, 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 if your number four is Schindler's List, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> so my number four will make you cry. Uh, no, just kidding. Um, my number four is really creative and a wonderful celebration of the power of film. Thank God. <laughs> and uh, the power the film has on community. My number four is Be Kind, Rewind. Uh, rewound this tape all over and it's blank. Really? This video don't work. Yours looks like this. Look, look, look! All the tapes are blank! It's the TV, Mike. Show me how... Why is it doing that? Does that happen when you do it? Uh-oh. What is wrong with you? Why is it doing that when you do that? You're magnetized! You erased these tapes! It's you! You gotta find new tapes. I got a better idea. Follow me. When you're walking down the street yeah. and you see a little ghost, what, what you gonna do about Ghostbusters? What? What? What is that? That's the Ghostbusters theme song. No. I'm pretty sure it is. Something strange. Stay where you are. I'm on my way. That wasn't bad. What else y'all got? Version is better. Our version is only 20 minutes. You gotta have something. We're celebrities now. People recognize me in the street. Go over the kids. Go now. Kids and now. Why do I have to kiss Wilson? You have to keep her from blowing your I'm head off. Amateurs. People want to see these movies. I have a warrant to destroy all your tapes. The FBI warning, it's at the beginning of the tape. But we erased that. They can shoot any style. You name it, we shoot it. Be kind, rewind videos a la carte. 
Jack Black and Most Def, um, they work at a video store, or they work at a video store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, Mia Farrow runs it. No, she owns the building. Danny right? Glover runs the. Store. Danny Glover runs yes. the store. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, and uh, so it's going out of business, like a lot of things in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, especially uh, in 2008, when <laughs> yeah, when Jack Black is suddenly like magnetized. <laughs> In a weird freak accident, uh, he wipes. <laughs> so good. He walks into the store and wipes all the tapes, and uh, to resolve the problem, uh, so that uh, Danny Glover doesn't get pissed off, they decide to reshoot all the movies <laughs> that he wiped uh, so from memory. Yeah, <laughs> through a process now called sweeting, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, they remake like Ghostbusters and RoboCop uh, with like cardboard and yeah, with uh, like a. a Super with a negative camera. $10 budget. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and uh, the locals aren't cinephiles, so they just assume that this is how, <laughs> that they are just in the movies. And that oh. is how these, like, national recognized movies have always been. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it brings the community together, and they, the store does better. And um, they can't fight progress, but at least they made the people in the neighborhood happy. Yeah, it's um. What's who's so the director true. of it again? It's the guy who uh, Michelle, Michelle Gondry. Gondry. Jean, yeah, yeah, Michelle Gondry. Yeah, it's it's a. I saw it at that uh, Regency Theater in that mall that was across from the uh, uh, the two dollar theater, um, uh, on Hamden, the Elvis Theater. Oh yeah, it was across the street. It was in a mall, um, and it was like I was the only one in that theater, um, and it was it, it was fun just to watch it on your own kind of thing. Like, but it did not expand to my theater at the very least like it's but it's a solid film yeah, i like danny bit. glover in it a lot i love most def and i love jack black and it. it's a fun film yeah it's a little indie darling yeah. but uh yeah. but it did not do that well sadly when it came out should have been a bigger i think yeah it's it shows the power of like you know two friends start making a movie and then other people think that's cool and they join in and eventually it expands and grows and it's like how making movies fun how fun making movie with your movies with your friends can be it's mm-hmm. an allegory for the denver film community not lately, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's a great one. Yeah. I'm glad you got it on the list. Mm-hmm. Very good choice. Surprisingly, not as many repeats as as we were thinking. I know. I know. Everybody, everybody snuck little weird things in there. It's well, good. then hang tight. My number four is a repeat. It's The Wrestler. Oh, great. Cool. Moving um, on. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we already talked about that, so James. Yeah. Would you <laughs> <laughs> this is the first film I saw at the Mayan Theater, actually, so that also kind of... It gives it a fond place in my heart. Oh, um, cool. Uh, I love the flick. The wrestler um, body slams the competition. <laughs> <laughs> you know that somewhere on a review that some somewhere. poster has it. <laughs> body slams um, you with drama. <laughs> a grand slam, something like that. Whatever, like whatever a they body slamming the Oscar race this year. <laughs> it delivers a top rope drop of three L's. <laughs> We're really ramming this a, thing a t- home. A total emotional takedown. <laughs> Um, Your emotions will be pile-drived. <laughs> Can you smell what Ricky Mickey Rourke <laughs> is cooking? I don't want to. Uh, uh, but uh, it's probably crack. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
but yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. Like I mean, the hype for this film, like coming out of its festival run, was like pretty big. Like Does I, it have a I was on it. What? <laughs> Does it have a burn on it? He's referring to Iron Man too. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, uh, I want my bird. Um, uh, but, hey, this is this movie is how he got into Iron Man too. Yeah, like no one wanted Mickey Rourke's weird face in their movie at all. Um, so, but um, and like I wasn't really aware of Mickey Rourke to be honest up until this movie. Um, uh, other than I think Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Um, but uh, th- yeah, That's it's sad. I, I was I mean, but yeah, but when he was like, when he had a bigger film career without his beat up face, I was a very young kid. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I dig the film. I, I like the story it tells about this like washed up wrestler who's like doing these small Elks conventions and like barely making ends meet and then kind of getting a shot to kind of come back into style and trying to reconnect with his daughter. I, I like those types of stories like this. It's a character filled with regret. That and those are stories that I like watching because you know it's a it's an interesting theme. Um, I think Marissa Tomei is wonderful in the film too yeah. as the the stripper that he hangs out with constantly. Um, and um, uh, oh, he hung out with Aunt May. Yeah, he hung out with Aunt May. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Tony yeah. Stark. Whip, okay. Whip, Whiplash was friends with it. With was real close. With yeah. Aunt May. That, that was, was before May. Uh, that right after Ben died, May had to make ends meet. <laughs> 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 oh no! Oh. Um, but yeah, and it, that's it, where Peter's I guilt hate, really comes from. I hate the wrestlers this. in the MCU now. Uh, oh, and uh, yeah, and it homages the, the the wrestling fandom pretty well. I think in terms of like that that opening cre- credit sequence with "Bang Your Head" is pretty cool. Um, and um, uh, I love the ending where he's just he's going to kind of risk his injury status and whatnot to like like get a, to take that shot that he's going to take at the very end. And, you know, I mean, yeah, it ends in the cheesiest way possible, whatnot, but, um, oh, and it also has, it also has one of my favorite sound uh, end credit songs for a film, which is the wrestler by Bruce Springsteen, which mm-hmm. I loved Bruce Springsteen in high school. And you that... know, when I was writing the song for the wrestler, <laughs> <laughs> it took me back to Philadelphia. No wait, He's from New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> it took me back to Trent, New Jersey. <laughs> And the wrestling. He really is like the the Stephen King of music, isn't he? No, like just just because I know you're only, saying that only writes about one place. Uh, he's wonderful. Stop it. Yeah. Um, but no, and that song, I I was one of my favorite songs in in. And I was singing that with Mickey Rourke really off the top ropes. I, I I do remember that song being really good. It's, it's a wonderful you're song, right. and I actually like a year later in '09, um, uh, he came to the Pepsi Center, and I got to see him do that song live on acoustic. Like everyone, everyone in the band left the stage, and he just played it on his own, uh, and it was wonderful. Cool. Um, so yeah, the wrestler. Um, it's a really good flick. I think it still holds up, um, and uh, it's one that it's. I was angry that year because I don't think Sean Penn should have won that Oscar. Oh uh, hell no! Even though I like the movie Milk, I don't I like him I don't, in it. I don't think he should have won. I don't care what year we're talking about. The <laughs> st- the sentence I don't think Sean Penn should have won that <laughs> oh. Oscar always works. Um, I, I mean, and that's. I mean, I like the movie Milk, but I like the wrestler more so yeah you know and that's why i contributed to the soundtrack of the wrestler and not because Milk. fuck sean penn one it was an east coast song <laughs> <laughs> you uh, see me i didn't do a song for milk right now <laughs> <laughs> what are we on for yep cool uh my number four is a comedy 
that was not anywhere near this high uh, on uh, pun intended uh, on my list originally, but has climbed just because this is the one where I love the relationship between these characters and think this movie is endlessly funny. Uh, my number four is Pineapple Express. <coughs> it feels good in my brain. Cops, cops, cops. Sorry about things just got out of hand. Yeah, that's where it was with my first husband. Yeah. <laughs> it's Dale. Come on up. Buzz it in three seconds, exactly. On one, two, three, go. Just on three. Two months you've been coming to me, right? What's up with the suit? I'm a process server. You're a servant? Like a butler? No, no, no. I'm Shine a shoes. I'm a what? No, I serve out like subpoenas. I gotta wear like disguises sometimes. Disguise? Wish I had an easy job like you have. You have the easiest job on earth. <laughs> you smoke all day. <laughs> Who's that? Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god! They saw me see them shoot the- What? They saw you? No! Did they follow you in? I don't know! Let's get out of here! Get the snacks! Food! Throw ups! We are gonna hunt these guys down. Dale, Saul, we're gonna kill them all. This is so exciting! Whoa, whoa! I gotta get to a phone, man! Come on! No, no! I think we should stay! Why? So I'm in the dumpster already. I fly like paper, get high like planes. If you catch me at the border, I got visas in my neck. How could he find us? Um, heat-seeking missiles, bloodhounds, foxes, barracudas. I'm just, I kind of flabbergasted when you say things like that. It's weird. Thank you. Not a compliment. You're in the jungle now, baby. Thug life. this gun when i was a prostitute <laughs> gosh like not only is this a movie that i just think is like there are so many moments that i just died laughing in the theater and still think are hilarious when he tries to kick the windshield out <laughs> and he gets his foot stuck in the windshield I, I it just doesn't get much better than that for me um and and how many like funny layers there are of them not understanding things that happen uh, especially in that sequence um but uh, but also I think the the relation the fact that it's a comedy about the the relationship between Seth Rogen and his drug dealer <laughs> that that you actually really care for them mm-hmm. and like they have that whole conversation about dipping their pen in it, in company ink. <laughs> 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 um, it's it is just so charming and funny and I I adore it. I haven't um, seen this since the theater and the only part I remember is uh, Danny McBride like not dying at the end over yeah, and over yeah, again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, he's they keep I mean, thinking he's dead, and they're, like, eating at a Denny's or something. And he's yeah. Just like, yeah, he's just like, I'm just so glad that I'm coming on your guys' journey. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, it's, the, it's the movie where the line, uh, you used to be ruthless, um, <laughs> comes from. 
uh, and I seen it because uh, yeah, Craig Robinson is hilarious. Um, yeah, I I this was one where when I first built the list, like of course Tropic Thunder and this were like right next to each other, and I just was just looking at them like no, like I have so much more love for Pineapple Express because of that sort of emotional story of these two guys. Um, and it's not as slapsticky, constantly rolling on the floor laugh as, as Tropic Thunder is, but man, I just, it's definitely worth, if you haven't seen it in a long time, you should go back and watch it again. There's a lot of jokes in there. There's a Huey Lewis song in it, so. Well, I had a surgery the day before I saw this film, so I saw this film with painkillers on in my system (laughs) and it was hilarious. (laughs) I, I would say like, you know, I, I could see how like you would probably go back and think of it and be like, oh well, you know, it's some kind of stoner comedy or whatever, and it's yeah. really not. Yeah, it's, um, they it actually is make funny the point that they own. shouldn't smoke weed. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Yeah, like the whole movie is about Seth Rogen realizing he needs to grow the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Uh, like he's dating a high schooler and he needs to grow the fuck <laughs> up. Like, yeah. Yeah. so oh yeah, yeah, like he the the scene where he goes to see his girlfriend at her school because she's in high school and like the, right. the like principal stops him and is like why are you here <laughs> um yeah it's it's really good also rosie uh, perez has like a gary busey-esque type yeah. like non-stop fighting machine and, cop <laughs> uh gary gary cole as yeah. the villain i think is really good oh, yeah. um like yeah the two of them have some really great uh Kevin Corrigan um, is together. funny as fuck in that movie with Craig Robinson is like <sighs> these two fucking like yeah. low level thugs. <laughs> and it was some of the earliest I think I'd ever seen Danny McBride. Like this was when he first, you know, coming out of Fit First Way, like was starting to pop up in those in those movies. Yeah. Um, this and Tropic Thunder were big years. For yeah. Them. Oh, yeah. 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 Like this, that, this year was was when all of a sudden you were like, oh, this guy's going to, you know, like people would see him and be like, who is that guy? And I'd be like, well, OK, there's this movie called Fifth Foot Way and. Will Ferrell thinks it's funny and shows it to all his friends, and now that guy's in every movie. Um, I, he looks weird without a mustache, though. <laughs> he looks so weird without a mustache, it's, yeah. or a beard of any kind. You yeah. Know? Um, but yeah, no, you should. If you haven't seen Pineapple Express in a long time, you should go back and rewatch Pineapple Express. It's mm-hmm. really funny. I watched it this year. Oh it's hell great. yeah! So. Uh, my number four might sweep legs. I don't know. Um, but this is one of my favorite films of the year because the story is really simple and cute. And it deals with uh, a couple of people. So it's, so it's not the Dark Knight. It is not the Dark okay. Knight. <laughs> um, uh, I want that it, on it the poster. Deal, I mean, uh, but no, it's uh, it's it's a movie studio that's on top of their game, and it's uh, Wally. Seven hundred years into the future, mankind will leave our planet, leaving Earth's cleanup in the hands of one. Incredible machine. His name is Wally. After all these years, he's developed one little glitch. A personality. He's extremely curious. And just a little bit lonely. But all that is about to change. Yeah. 
to move around the cabin. Wally's a, a beautiful film. It's a tell story of a uh, little trash robot that's stuck on Earth. Um, <laughs> so, somehow whoa, the truth whoa. sounded so insulting. He collects things. He, he collects trash. <laughs> no, 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 Kellen. We can't you... watch the movie about the trash Don't robot. Don't make fun <laughs> of its economic status, okay? <laughs> <laughs> can't help it. But it's such uh, a classist. Oh, that's really good. But yeah, Wally eventually uh, <laughs> meets another robot, and it's a love story told with only saying really two words. Yeah. Um, it's beautifully animated. It's a really well-made film. It's one of my favorite Pixar films. I yeah. love the robot that goes, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> that first half of that movie is it's just unbelievable. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I, I know a lot of people don't like it when it kind of goes into the human part, but I still think it's pretty oh, good. Oh, I yeah. love that, because that's where we're headed. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's it's a. I mean, it's still beautifully animated um, yeah. for a film that. I mean, ten years isn't that long ago, but mm, how no. far movies have a, on the Pixar side of advanced. Yeah, um, but well, on that one, they they say that Pixar went back and reprogrammed their rendering software because mm. uh, of that movie. Why oh. they re uh, programmed the camera and everything in order to make the movie or after making that movie to make the movie oh, okay yeah. Roger Deakins <laughs> wow. was a visual consultant on that film oh shit um, yeah they made it more like ma- mathematically accurate to using a, like a real camera oh yeah, I remember mm-hmm. I, I think it's on the special features story, of yeah. the discs yeah, um, yeah it's, it's I mean, and when you watch you can tell I mean um, when you go back and watch Toy Story it's still a great film but you can see it's a little more crude because um, they're still working with that tech yeah yeah anymore. I mean not not in a bad way just where they are now where it's oh yeah yeah. You know, astounding. I'd be uh, interested to see what 4K Wally looks like. I don't. Here, here's my thing with uh, the 4K on those films because I have Cars Three on 4K. Uh-huh. Yeah, it really doesn't add too much to it. Okay. Because uh, I guess my whole thing is it's going to make the colors brighter. Mm-hmm. But how much more can it's already a rendered product, right? So I don't know how much more detail 4K can unleash on it so much so that wally will grab you and pull you right into the screen yeah into his trash compactor yeah exactly <laughs> well he has a trash robot as you he said <laughs> trash robot he's cute though yeah uh he prefers to call it his garbage body <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and he watches old movies oh yeah oh gosh it's so good yeah. Fat Indie Sunshine has a garbage it's, <laughs> it's one of the few Pixar films I, I 
still don't own that I, I it's on my like you know Disney Movie Club. Hey, add this to your next order yeah. list. It's like every time that you know Solo comes out, I'm like, okay, Solo. And I'm gonna go get this for fucking nothing. <laughs> and, you know, so it's coming. Sorry, Brad. Brad, number three. Uh, my number three is a repeat. It's a uh, Zach and Mary make a porno. So, oh, oh really? Wow. Nice. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. If this was 2008, it would have been right around there, uh, right around that placement for me. So, why do oh. you like it? I think it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's also like now it seems like. Uh, thinking about it, it seems like the most maligned, like most forgotten Kevin Smith film. I, I um, think Cop Out's more maligned. Uh, most forgotten, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess I, Cop Out. I I barely even think about as a Kevin Smith film. Yeah, he didn't write it. Um, but I think Zach and Mary's thing also is that it's it's two leads are so recognizable now for other things that it kind mm. of tends to push Kevin's name out of that uh, conversation a little bit. Yeah. No matter how many great supporting characters from the Viewers universe are in it, um, I, 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 I mean, yeah, I think it's a great film. It is kind of like a remake of Clerks in a weird way because of just like the whole, uh, or like the story of the making of Clerks, where it's just like, oh, we're gonna make a movie inside the the store where we work, but but it's done in such a beautiful way, like for 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 a Kevin Smith film that I, I mean, I really enjoy it and. You know, I, I mean, I, I've, it's got a great soundtrack, too. It's one of the only movies to ever use the song, uh, a song by Live, um, the band Live, because they don't usually uh, license their songs out. So maybe they should. Hmm. So I've never heard of lately? them. I only know one song. What's their big song? I, I think it's the one that they play in Zach and Mary, which is Hold Me Up. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. And then also they I get them in Creed mixed up a lot. I alone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Ziggy's a comic. It's right next to Family Circus. I I need to watch that movie again. I get them in Creed makes up a lot. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's what nice. It's it's the other about making a movie movie that mm-hmm. with your friends. That's mm-hmm. yeah. It's a good pick. Yeah. Cool. Zach. Uh, my number three is a repeat. It's Tropic Thunder. Um, I think it's my number three. Too. Yeah, it's my number three as well. Awesome. Cool. Um, I got to see this early um, along with my number one. And um, uh, I think Ben Stiller, like, I'm not a big Zoolander fan. I like the movie, but it's not, like, among my favorite things ever. Yeah, I like Zoolander because it's silly. Yeah, um, but this film's pretty fucking genius. Like, yes. it's just straight up next level genius. Uh, yeah. Starting off that flick with the fake trailers. And, I remember like, since this a yeah, real movie when I was watching trailers. it. Yeah. J- just jabbing, like, fucking, like, just jabbing the bear of Hollywood with, like, those fake trailers that represent the different actors and then also booty the, the booties i love that pussy hell yeah i love that pussy hell yeah <laughs> um oh. uh but the, and it just just the way it functions as a wonderful hollywood satire yeah. um while also being a, a, a laugh out loud goofy comedy like it it balances a lot of balls in the air this is my favorite robert downey jr movie this year um even though i i love iron man but this is this performance is just straight up brilliant well yeah it's mm-hmm. brilliant when you can when you're playing an australian who's playing, playing an african-american American. yeah um, that's like an inception level of I'm genius a right i'm there. a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude, dude. And, and you know he got nominated for an oscar for Black yeah, for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I, first time since the jazz singer. Yeah. It, he was. Jolson was never nominated for that. <laughs> I know. Um, 
get your history right. Um, but uh, actually, well, the, well, the, technically, still true. The first time since the Jet Singer. <laughs> um, one of the best scenes in the movie for me is Robert, and it shows why Robert Downey Jr. probably should have won if it wasn't for another performance this year, obviously. Uh, because he does this thing where he's stripping down. He's like, I'm not Kirk Lazarus and I'm not John Glenn. Like he, he starts like going in and out of accents yeah. and then he just finally breaks down and he just goes, I don't even know who I am anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, the, the whole film is super smart and, mm-hmm. um, that's why it's on here on my list because I mean, even, um, Ben Stiller's performance as he's a big action guy. Tug Speedman. Yeah. It plays a lot of the sensibilities that people expect from Hollywood mm-hmm. and um, how it just kind of turns it on its head. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, Robert Downey Jr. is amazing in this film. Yeah. Um, and also, this is my favorite Tom Cruise movie this year. When I first saw this, I did not know that was Tom Cruise. <laughs> do, you know, do you know he's not credited in the movie? No, he uh, is at the very end. He's not. We um no he he is because when they when when they're doing the like dancing stuff at the oh, end that's right yeah yeah the, in the but, end credits but, but he's th- not in the beginning and he wasn't on IMDb until the movie came out yeah because they and and like but he does have that great scene um, no one, like no it, one knew. after the first like couple of scenes in the in the jungle like he's like like all right which one of you is the director and which one of you is the key grip you hit that director in the face really fucking hard yeah. <laughs> and they do I, they do a good job of like keeping him a little bit disguised for a little while so it's like you're not straight the makeup's seeing that really character. fucking good he's got yeah. those like they give him those fat fucking knuckles and shit it's it and it i'm glad he got a golden globe nomination for this actually because that's like i was like that should have been like super awarded in a couple of different areas because it's a pretty fucking genius level yeah. like take on hollywood executive type it's just it's and it's bold especially at that time when like you know you know you you want to keep your job around hollywood don't make fun of your bread and butter but there it is out front and center um and he wasn't doing a lot of com- and still doesn't do a lot of comedy yeah like, no i mean like he did early on in his up, career but yeah. you know he moved out of it cuz he does action and drama really well it was a reveal where when they do show that it's tom cruise in the credits i still remember people like i lost my shit reacting and because they watched the whole movie and didn't know yeah like all of a sudden they you know it said tom cruise and they were like what the fuck? Like, I have to imagine that, that some of the people in the audience thought that Tom Cruise had really fallen off the wagon and got fat. <laughs> like, that that was the only explanation. It's, it's, it was a great, wonderful surprise. Yeah. Um, and I love Matthew McConaughey in that movie. Another great performance in that. Like, one of the greatest wide shots in history is him going, I got the TiVo! Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and my favorite Jack Black movie, probably. Um, other than um, the one that uh, Brad mentioned because that uh, that scene where he's tied to the tree and he's just going, Man, I'll suck your dick. <laughs> I'll cradle the balls, work the shaft, and swallow the gravy. <laughs> um, yeah, Tropic Thunder. Really smart Hollywood satire that uh, still funny as fuck. I mean, yeah. and if you if you like Tropic Thunder, then you'll understand um, Robert Downey Jr.'s ex- explanation why Forrest Gump is a great film. Yeah, Very true. Yeah, absolutely. Before he died. You know what? Yeah. I hate I am Sam. <laughs> I don't hate Forrest Gump. I just don't like I am Forrest Sam. Gump. No. I am Sam's a terrible film. Simple Jack. You know, <laughs> and, I don't. And, that's the one part of the film I still don't know how to feel about. Like, is this offensive? I don't think so. It's but, offensive. That's yeah, okay, but, though. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, because it's doing it's doing it for a reason. I get yeah. It, yeah. Well, but it's offensive bec- what because what he's doing Hollywood's is offensive. offensive. Yeah, right. Like what he's doing <laughs> is offensive. Super terrible. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. it's offensive the way that everything that happens in "It's Always Sunny" is offensive. Yeah, 
Um, also, I liked the, the, one of the trailers at the beginning for the fatties fart too. <laughs> yeah, super dumb. I love also it. offensive. J- Jack Black in that fat suit going, "Granny, ew." Sheesh. Remember when the Nutty Professor was a thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and not just a thing, a big fucking deal. Mm-hmm. The Clumps was a was a like blockbuster. <laughs> Anyway, that's my number three. The Norbit. It's full of stars. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, no. We don't have to talk that's, about that. That's Norbit. how much America changed in a very short period of time. <laughs> was that the, when Norbit came around, they were like, wait, this is bad, isn't it? 9 11 changed keep everything. making fat suit comedies? Is that. 9 11 yeah. changed that, man. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, anyway. Um, cool. Is it three? Yep. Okay. My number three was my number one. Uh, my num- in 2008, my number one uh, was obviously – well, the truth is that – anyway, we'll, we'll get to where I move some things around. So anyway, my number three is Slumdog Millionaire. Welcome to Who Wants to Be a Millionaire! Never get beyond 16,000 rupees. He's on 10 million. What can our slum dog possibly know? We went on the show because I thought she'd be watching. She's my destiny. actually really wanted to rewatch this week in order to figure out like okay it was my number one should it still be my number one um and i was even talking about this with zach before you guys got here or before we started that like this is one of those years where there's a lot of really great films but there's not like a thing where i can make some really great impassioned plea for like no this should be number one right Mm -hmm. like it's not like you know, the year Little Miss Sunshine came out where I'm like, no, guys, this movie's like perfect and and everyone should see it. And it's definitely the best film. Like, right. it's it's, um, you know, the, these next three are all fantastic. Uh, I love Slumdog Millionaire. I think it's a a really grand scope for a film. Um, and and sure, you could look back at it and think that like some of the are some of the like I don't want to call it magical realism because that's insulting. But um 
some of the like you know plot tools that they use like the whole who wants to be a millionaire thing pro- probably feels a little hokey now um but i just thought it, it's a a really f- cool interesting sort of adventure that also gives you a lot of sort of you know time to dig into this culture and all this other stuff and um I don't know. I I really enjoyed it. It's a it's a romance that made me cry at the end of the movie, and you get a Bollywood dance scene. Um, mm-hmm. I I adore this movie. I still do, um, and I have the soundtrack, and every now and then it pops on, and I think it's fun. And you shimmy. Um, you can't see that. I shimmy a little bit. bit. Yep. James is shimmy. Yeah, my voice is changing through the mic because I'm doing so much shimmying back was, and forth. Was very close to my list. Didn't make yeah. it. But first time I saw this was at the Esquire at the Upstairs Theater, and mm. it was in November of '08. Yeah, and it was a third full. I went to go see it two months later at the uh, uh, Landmark Greenwood Village Theater, and that thing was packed. Oh, so yeah. it was a slow build. Oh yeah, like the word of mouth was the reason this film got as big as it was, and it's a great flick. I, yeah. I enjoy it. It yeah. was definitely a my big fat Greek wedding kind of movie, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I think I, it's, I don't I think know it's if it's as has like lighthearted and on its no, feet as my I mean big because, Greek wedding. I mean because a it's a movie that a lot of dark was out stuff in that movie. was out for a very long time. Yeah, and yeah. I mean that's part of what's really great about it is you know you you do get to see you know how terrible life is for you know really impoverished people in uh I mean I don't want to call India a third world country now, but at the time that that kid would have been a kid, I think you would consider it one. Mm-hmm. He's certainly living in third world countries, uh, um, uh, environment. <laughs> um, what? Uh, and yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's really fantastic. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's a wonderful flick. So yeah. Dev Patel and Frida Pinto are great in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, my number three was Tropic Thunder. It's one of, Maybe Robert Downey Jr.'s best performance. Uh, it's my favorite Ben Stiller movie, followed really closely by Heavyweights. And um, yeah, <laughs> I would totally agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's definitely because Jack Black's in. It's Jack Black's best movie. <laughs> um, oh wait, no, oh, maybe Bernie for me on Jack Black. High, high Fidelity is still real fucking yeah. good. Yeah, like I said, he's in it, so and it's a good movie, so it counts as one of his best movies. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, uh, cool. Brad, number two. Uh, my number two is a repeat that I adore. It's Wally. Nice. Mm. So, oh, okay. yeah, I uh, just absolutely love that first half of the movie. Uh, the second half's fine. It's just like I, I could. The movie could have just been him compacting trash for because he's a trash robot. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> for an hour and a half, I would have been with no dialogue, and I would have been like, this, "This is fantastic." But there is that beautiful scene. I love when him and um, Eve are outside the fire extinguisher. Yeah, yeah. With the fire extinguisher, and you know, moving their hands across the stardust and stuff. It's beautiful. Yeah, music's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, you should remake the poster, Brad, and just call it Disney Pixar's Trash Robot. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep, I just keep imagining. Wally with a red hat and a beer in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I went to the literal sense that he collects trash. You went to the, <laughs> like, uh, that he's like white trash robot. Yeah. Uh, I didn't even think that. I was just like, no, he's just a garbage person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking garbage person. Yeah. Uh, so. Not great garbage, choice. Not garbage man, because garbage men are and women are wonderful people. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I don't want to do the, the job. Thank, so thankless I, job. Hats off, so hats off to them. I'm yeah. severely indebted to them each and every week at my store. 
But yeah, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. So, um, yep. great film. Cool. Yeah, go on. Zach, do you remember your number two? I do. Uh, my number two uh, was my number one for years um, uh, until the past three or four years um, because of just like one that I was uh, would, would think about so much, though. Um, my number two is a uh, Ron Howard film that is uh, severely underlooked, I feel, uh, uh, other than also Rush, I guess. Um, but it's a, it's a movie about a rivalry. Rush, Rush is a great film. Yeah. <laughs> no, but this is kind of about a rivalry, not really. It's about a butting of heads. Yeah, it's about a butting of heads. It's called Frost Nixon. Good evening. I shall resign the presidency at noon tomorrow. This is an historic day, the only time a president has ever resigned from office. Nixon knew about the Watergate cover-up. The man who has committed the greatest felony in American history will never stand trial. I've had an idea for an interview, Richard Nixon. You're a talk show host. I spent yesterday watching you interview the Bee Gees. When they terrific. Why would I want to talk to David Frost? I got half a million dollars. Really? <laughs> Frost has hired three crack investigators. Can I be crack one? Can I be deep crack? <laughs> Can I shake his hand? After everything he's done in this country? Are you kidding me? Oh, pleasure to meet you. Mr. President. That was devastating. I mean, I don't think he's ever going to get over that. Frost is just not in your class, sir. You're going to be able to rebuild your reputation. This entire project is a joke. I do hope that isn't coming out of your own pocket. I wish my pockets were that deep. I'm in this for everything I've got. There's a reason they call him Tricky Dick. Stand by to roll tape. You had a pleasant evening last night? Uh, yes. Four, three, two. To do any fornicating? And. Hugh David. The American people need a conviction. I'd like to give Richard Nixon the trial he never had. Democracy depends on it. We're not going to let that happen. We're going to make them choke on power and glory. Why didn't you burn the tapes? I didn't want to take any questions on Watergate. Shut it down. I will ruin you if it takes the rest of my life. What have I done? If in this interview, Nixon exonerates himself for, that would be the worst crime of all. Three. To Q. David. Are you really saying the president can do something illegal? I'm saying that when the president does it, that means it's not illegal. I'm sorry. Frost Nixon stars Michael Sheen and Franklin Gella. Uh, Michael Sheen plays David Frost. Uh, Franklin Gella plays Nixon. Uh, and uh, it's about uh, the... Uh, Nixon with... Ice superpowers. <laughs> Just shooting ice at people. You took me out of office time. I'm going to freeze you to death. It's, it's Frost slash Nixon, not Frost dash, dash Nixon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a poster I want now. Is or is it an offshoot? Richard Nixon like Iceman. <laughs> or is it an offshoot of Zach and Mary make a porno? <laughs> <laughs> no <gets> shit on <laughs> like a cake frosted like a cake no uh frost <laughs> frost i want to be frosted like a cake <laughs> no you don't <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna frost nixon oh god 
Uh, Frost Nixon, though, is a uh, film about David Frost, um, who was a kind of a mediocre television interviewer at the time who scores an interview with uh, former President Richard Nixon after he's been in uh, resign, resigned and left office. Um, and the film is about the interview, but also the lead up and the build up to the interview. They filmed the interview in three different days. And so each day it was covering a different like realm of topics. And the build up is to uh, a full day of questioning about Watergate. Uh, and the the tension and the build up to it. Uh, it actually has Sam Rockwell in it playing a a, a minor ish role uh, as a guy who really hates Nixon and wants to nail him bad with a with a couple questions and stuff um, regarding Watergate. Uh, Kevin Bacon's in it playing a very loyal uh, to the president type of guy who it's one of the best like more recent Kevin Bacon films I've seen other than maybe Super. Um, and uh, 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 Frank Langella and uh, Michael Sheen are are obviously the reason to watch this. They did this on Broadway before Ron Howard gets the adaptation for it. Uh, and their performances are just stellar. There's a wonderful scene where they're on the phone talking to each other the night before the Watergate interview. And uh, Nixon's just talking about cheeseburgers. And it's almost like just it's almost this implication that Nixon's going out of his mind or just kind of like really regretting his past and like really trying to like set the record straight while keeping his pride intact. And then, the the resolution to that is you're left wondering if that phone call actually even took place, um, even though it probably did because Nixon was wackaloon um, by the end of it because he was that like sad. Um, but it, and it also shows an immense amount of empathy for Nixon uh, or sympathy, I guess is a better word. Um, like while you don't agree with the things that he did, obviously that got him kicked out of the White House or the way he's behaving about the way people react around him. Like you, you, you feel like you, you have sympathy in the sense of like, okay, like it happened, let's move on. And, but people hang it over his head and he feels like trapped by it. Um, so, which, you know, obviously in the world that we live in now, I don't necessarily feel that way, but it's interesting to note that it's a much more sympathetic portrayal of Richard Nixon than I'm used to. Mm -hmm. Um, other than maybe Anthony Hopkins, Nixon performance. Um, and I think Ron Howard does a great job of directing conversation. I think he's very, very good at that. And then this film particularly, he gets to shine with that because uh, it's the, the the main tension relies on a conversation. It's a it's a verbal it's a verbal bout. Um, it's like a boxing movie, but without boxing and talking instead. Um, so um, yeah, Frost Nixon. Um, I love it. Um, and again, it was it, even it was my it was my number one movie for years just because of how much i loved it as much as i also love what is now my number one because it should be my number one but we'll get to that later cool it's a good one james <clears throat> all right uh my number two we're about to see whether or not oh man ryan i can't read you I'm trying to figure out Am I am I the lone asshole or am I do I have a brother in this? My number two is The Dark Knight. Where do we begin? A year ago, these uh, cops and lawyers wouldn't dare cross any of you. I mean, what happened? So what are you proposing? It's simple. Kill the Batman. (laughs) 
Here's my card. Bruce, this is Harvey Dent. Rachel's told me everything about you. I certainly hope not. You once told me that we'd be together. Did you mean it? Bruce, don't make me your only hope for a normal life. You're Alfred, right? That's right, sir. Any psychotic ex-boyfriends I should be aware of? All of you have no idea. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Well, hello, beautiful. You look nervous. I've seen now what I have to become to stop men like him. The night is darkest just before the dawn. I promise you, the dawn is coming. And here we go. Come on. This city deserves a better class of criminal. I'm gonna give it to him. No! You'll see. I'll show you. You either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Will you be wanting the bat putzer? In the middle of the day, Alfred? Not very subtle. The Lamborghini, then. Much more subtle. This God damn it, I'm a lone asshole. This shit. Is, this is Roger Rabbit all over again. Fuck. You're just wrong. You're just wrong. Son of a bitch. All right, well, we'll yeah. move on. Ryan, yeah. you're number two. Uh, my number two is a repeat from a really long time ago. Right. Uh, my number two is Iron Man. God um, damn it. Uh, I, like I said, when Brad revealed it two and a half hours ago, um, <laughs> <laughs> that's... Uh, it's, uh, I think it's one of the most important films of the year. Um, mm. it, it helped reestablish Robert Downey Jr. as a great actor uh, in everybody's mind, not just people who saw Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. And uh, yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, actually, I don't have a problem with the uh, Ironmonger fight. I think it's suitable for the film because uh, at the point they didn't know if they're going to make sequels or anything. True. Um, and because I think at the time they had ideas because I'm pretty sure it was Iron Man, Hulk, and Ant-Man were the ideas for films. Mm. And they only started filming Hulk as soon as Iron Man was done. Partially because they had to get it like off yeah. the ground as quick as they could. Because the uh, they, they did film the scene with uh, Thunderbolt Ross and Tony Stark after they filmed the whole film. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. So I think it's important. And I think it's um, as a comic book fan. I mean, there's one film, obviously, that's way better this year, but um, way better is harsh. But I mean, a lot better. Probably one of the best superhero films of all time comes out a little later, <laughs> two months later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, Iron Man's what Marvel needed. And mm -hmm. being a huge Marvel fan, um, that they got the tone right. Because I uh, obviously, Spider-Man to a Maguire, I don't include in this, but... Um, it's hard for people to get the tone of Marvel right for a long time. Yeah. Because Marvel is a little more grounded. Um, and I think that's why the Dark Knight succeeds so well mm -hmm. is it takes away. Um, it's not a it's not a mythology. It's not, yeah. And it's not a 
a Tommy Lee Jones um, going to sneer really close right. into the camera. Yeah. It's boiling um, acid. Because I want to say, how long does it, does it take before Batman shows up and Batman begins? It's a long time. About an hour. Damn About an hour. hour. So mm-hmm. Nolan established that. And and in Iron Man, too, it's you got to know Tony Stark before you like Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And Tony Stark at the beginning is not that cool. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he's kind of a jerk. And he learns what his weapons are doing except for that scene where he's fighting gary shandling yes <laughs> that's a pretty even, great scene <laughs> even even like the the iron the mark one suit in the desert isn't really iron man showing up it's just like oh yeah you know, this know, is what i can do yeah um, his interaction with the i can't remember the guy's name but the guy he's in there with the cave yeah in the cave is it's a wonderful it's wonderful moments and he's just like like I, you're gonna go home and see your family like i am going to see my family like it, oh yeah. God, it's a great scene and it's yeah, it's man. an interesting take on tony stark developing weapons that are used by the terrorists Mm -hmm. and i mean i I think still has is one of the coolest shots in any film is when iron man shoots that little missile and he turns and walks towards the camera Mm -hmm. and then there's a delay and it blows up yeah it's pretty awesome so yeah it's great iron man it's a good one but the science in that movie doesn't make sense (laughs) (laughs) oh my friend brandon just (laughs) go crazy (laughs) yeah i remember Oh, yeah. You're sitting through the credits, and we're like, that was pretty fun. Yeah. And then Brandon's like, but. The but- science. <laughs> what? He can just fly right away? <laughs> yeah. Not That's right, not right away. He has boots. to learn yeah. how to do it. What, what, I, what I, I've always told Brandon, I said, just always think of Team America's montage song. Right. And just showing Could lots of things happening real, all at the same time. And that's called a montage. Mm-hmm. And Did your friend Brandon not know what a montage is. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a goofy scientist who just didn't understand that some dude could make self-propelled boots, I guess. I don't I, know. Eventually I wanna, someone's going to do it. Yeah. I want to be a goofy scientist. That sounds awesome. <laughs> well, the, the one part where he is in the Mark I suit and he like crashes into the sand yeah. in the desert, probably should be dead, but eh. Meh. He, he, he has he has padding in it. Yeah. <laughs> Many, the, the, from the, all the, the foam that the terrorists yeah, gave him. Yeah. The, the sand is really soft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's sand. Yeah. It's sand. It was, it was heated up by the sun. Exactly. And it gets softer. Exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. science. Science. Yeah. Science. Don't hot, poke holes hot in it. metal is I as rarely, comfortable as a pillow. <laughs> I ra- ra- rarely provide examples of my PhD, but <laughs> <laughs> I felt right now was a good time. It's a good time yeah. to, to, to set the record straight. <laughs> Um, so we'll go to Brad, but I guess we'll just use Brad's number one for the consensus number one. Yeah, everyone but James can cheer mm-hmm. for yeah. this. Mariah. <laughs> James is, I don't even know what James would have picked. I'm trying know, to think. Hmm. Um, anyways. Uh, Maybe he so, put Iron Man first because I haven't heard Iron Man on his list yet. No, I did. It was he number did. Five. Oh. Number five. That's right. Um, anyway. So, Brad, uh, you're number one? Obviously, The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Same here. That's our a great one. movie. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's the number one movie of that year. Although thinking about it, it's like at that year, it felt like this is the direction of superhero movies. Mm-hmm. And then this is surprisingly a... right after this, <laughs> <laughs> nothing for DC not. is the direction yeah. of superhero movies. <sighs> uh, Iron Man and the Cinematic Universe take over at this point. Uh, but The Dark Knight itself is amazing. Um, you know, the Batman Begins was sort of well-received um and it was a monumental task to make people sort of forget the jack nicholson joker mm-hmm. um so you know the controversy surrounding heath ledger yeah uh, months before it was like wow that's a not an expected choice I, and he I knocked out of the park uh, a wizard magazine remember wizard anybody mm-hmm. the comic book pricing guide they had a whole article about heath ledger being the joker and if it was a good choice yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a big deal. And it's. 
Again, you know, you really have to base it on when you see the film. And actually, yesterday I was watching um, on YouTube, they had from script to screen, mm-hmm. and they had the interrogation scene. As I'm reading the script and watching the performance, he takes out words here and there that mm-hmm. make it better. And it's really fascinating. So he'll mm-hmm. take away, instead of should, like he gets rid of should, he's just like, you will. And he makes it more, um, mm. just a little change in the, the way it's delivered to um, they had a part where he's supposed to laugh like maniacally and then start like sobbing. And, and, and he does that. And, uh, yeah, he does. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, it's, it's really interesting. And you can see yeah. an actor that saw it on page and made it his own. Mm-hmm. And, you know, often lost. I mean, I think, um, I mean, Christian Bell's really good in it. Um, he's wonderful in the film. Uh, <laughs> Morgan Freeman's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole film is really well made. I only have one quibble. And I always say it every time is I just don't like the cop who is like driving the armor transport. Oh yeah. He's like, we're like Thanksgiving dinner down here. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. Trying to make levity. And yeah, it's not immune for mistakes and like some cheesiness. Like, yeah, yeah that like, we're like Thanksgiving turkeys down here. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they just get rid of that. Cause that really, that's the only part of the movie I have an issue with. You know, and I think it's just that line from that annual tradition of putting all the Thanksgiving turkeys in a pin and shooting them <laughs> constantly. Like, you know, well, I don't even know what it's a reference to. The movie uh. is, um, so well done, and you know, even the opening in uh, in the IMAX and the bank robbery, it really sets oh, the tone. Um, yeah. With a Joker, and mm-hmm. it's it's an interesting take on the, the villain. There's also the scene yeah. where he's at the party, like ter- at the Wayne party, terrorizing mm-hmm. the guests, and then Batman jumps out the window to save Rachel. But I guess the Joker just left the party nonchalant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, whatever. <laughs> But you know there is that in that, the that interior- scene itself though is wonderful. Like when he grabs yeah. the when he grabs the it's a cameo by a senator who loves Batman. But it's it amounts to a featured extra. He just grabs it like you remind me of my father. I hate him, my father. Like yeah. it's yeah. it's. It, but it's like one of those movie mistakes that like Spielberg's really good at. Like yeah, you're so wrapped up in what's going on, matter. you don't think about it yeah. until like again, you know, it doesn't matter. Later. He yeah. he proved his point because in the interrogation scene, I mean, I do love after you know Batman's all pissed off and um, beating him up. And he says, you know, for a while I thought you were dead, but the way you threw yourself at her, and it's really cool and it's really great cat and mouse. Yeah. And I, I, it sh- I mean, it's shocking that they blew up Rachel Dawes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That was yeah. a good reveal. I mean, yeah. I remember yeah. watching that in the theater and it was, you could hear a pen drop. Yeah. Because there's, it there was, was shocking. There was fucking mm-hmm. gasps from the one full screening of this I saw. <laughs> um, um, yeah. No, I think I saw this like five or six times in the theater. Yeah, I think I did eight. Yeah. Um, I saw it three um, but the first two times I saw it were under the, I, I talked about it at the con this year, uh, but I got to see this movie two days early, um, because my bosses opened that print <laughs> up when we weren't supposed to, I would have, sure. um, and we watched it and then we, I had to stay the next day to watch it the day, but be- like the, like the day before the midnight, because that was the employee screening. So they, they knew someone had done something the night before. <laughs> so we had to go in order to make sure we didn't get caught. So I saw it twice in one, twice in the span of twenty four hours, and it's it's, uh, you know, I, I have a, I have a weird history with um, the Nolan Batman flicks, sp- particularly the third one. Uh, this one though was the height of my Batman fandom, um, and it hasn't really been recaptured since, um, other than maybe the lead up to Rises, um, and then obviously things take a turn. Uh, but I remember when this was coming out. I didn't see Batman Begins in the theater because mm-hmm. I was a big Burton Batman fan and I was a big Tim Burton fan years ago. Um, and so, like, I f- I was among those people going like, well, Heath Ledger's not going to work as the Joker and what's up with Batman Begins? It, it, it doesn't make sense. 
But then I saw Batman Begins uh, the in 2006, and I was like, oh, this is awesome. Uh, I saw it like on a DVD uh, from the library. Um, and then I just like consumed nothing but Batman, even like Batman 66 I embraced fully. Um, and just like everything about it, I rewatched the animated films. I listened to these early, like I just it 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 invigorated the Batman love. And then when Heath Ledger died in uh, early '08, uh, the anticipation grew even higher uh, to know like, well, what's he gonna do with the Joker? Like you were clamoring for any glimpse of that character mm-hmm. um, in in a trailer and stuff like that to hear his dialogue and stuff. Um, and then watching it. Um, the only time I watched it with an actual audience, like a full audience, was in Glendale, uh, California, um, with my grandfather. It was one of the last movies he got to see, mm. uh, and um, uh, it just it, the, the watching the audience with the Rachel Dawes thing happened. Like their their minds were like blown fucking open. Um, the scene where uh, uh, Joker and uh, Dent are in the hospital, and he, you know he's he, he's doing the whole agent of chaos speech and introduce a little anarchy. Like there's nervous chuckles because it's creepy as all hell. Uh, my favorite moment in the film is, uh, cause it's the most Batman thing to me, uh, in that film out of any of it is, uh, when, uh, Joker's dangling upside down after being caught by Batman before he was falling. And he goes like, you, you, you just couldn't let me go, could you? This is what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. I love that interaction between them because it, it's the closest I feel it gets to what we think in our heads of a Batman-Joker face-off in terms of like them talking to each other. Um, also a huge bummer because he has that line. I think we're destined to do this forever. forever. God, it's so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. Uh, Two, you know what's lost in it is Harvey Dent's arc. Which oh yeah. Oh yeah. Not even amazing in, in the yeah. film. Oh, it's and, great. And you know when you watch a film as many times as I have, um, there's little things. So in the Agent of Chaos scene where he puts the gun to his head, if you watch the Joker's hand, he actually puts his finger in between the hammer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you pull the trigger, it would have not have shot him. Yeah. And there's like little things like that you don't notice that they've put in the film. You don't notice the first couple times, mm-hmm. and it, it's just and, and Harvey Dent's. When he becomes Two Face, I think it's actually pretty scary because mm-hmm. he has terrifying. He has this great moment where Batman believes in him. Where do you want to meet? Where my family died. And like, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, who would have expected that Aaron Arkin could have been such a powerful Aaron villain? Eckhart? Aaron Eckhart, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Aaron Sorkin. <laughs> uh, um, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's chilling because when he's when he like screams in those last scenes, you're like, oh god, like I just. Yeah, it's terrifying. Because mm-hmm. even you know in the, the scene with Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon, where he's he's saying, "We'll just leave it to chance." Like you left mine to chance, and mm-hmm. he takes the kids thing, and and Gary Oldman's performance, where he's like, "Don't hurt the boy." Mm-hmm. And what's great with um, Aaron Eckhart's performance is you can actually see the duality of him trying to reconcile who he is and mm-hmm. what he's become. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, uh, it's a great use of CGI. And that CGI does still hold up. Of like, oh no, oh, it looks. Yeah. I, I watch it for you. It's amazing. Yeah, um, it's ridiculous. Because it, and it's you yeah. because it's used subtly. Like it's like yeah. I think there's only one or two moments where it's like blatant, like out there, out in the open, like mm-hmm. really well lit. Yeah. And the way it's designed leaves enough to imagination that it's, it it always feels worse than it probably even really is. Like. You know, it it flashes by so fast that you feel like you can see into his whole friggin' face. Yeah, like it's almost it's almost unbelievable because your mind makes it worse. Mm-hmm. And so I remember walking out of the theater being like, 
but really, how is he alive? Because in my memory, it's like it's like when Gus dies in Breaking Bad, where his his head is really gone. You know, like it it feels way worse than I'm sure it. it you know, it's and it's you know the because the last third of that movie is so driving too. It's, oh yeah, you know it's Harvey Dent and what he's doing and the Joker's plan, and then you know even when he captures the Joker, the movie still goes for another twenty minutes, where it's mm-hmm. the boat the stuff. Whole is, fourth the act boat, is the great. boat thing's amazing. No. That film, much like what Logan would end up doing years down the line, is is an intelligent examination of how you do the masked crime fighter uh, situation. Well, yeah, you build it on yeah. the characters. Yeah, and it's right. it's a, it. This movie, like, take Batman and Joker out of it and replace them with just two characters without suits and costumes, and it's just a detective movie and a really good one too. Yeah, about a city under fire, essentially. Mm. Um, it's a wonderful flick. Yep, I love the fuck out of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 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 I need to rewatch. I just got it on Blu-ray, the the special edition like pack that they did, and mm-hmm. I need to go back and watch it. Should, yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. It's great. All right, now James, we gotta see what you've chosen as number one. What's better <laughs> than greatness? Better than um, that for you, yeah. So, uh, my number one is a movie that came out in two thousand and eight. Um, it is. I just I just had a flash. I think I do too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's not a movie earlier. that I saw two thousand in two thousand eight though. Um, Children it's, of Men. It's a movie. So the the big difference and the reason why it's number one is that as much as I adore, I mean, The Dark Knight is nearly perfect and certainly one of the best experiences you could ever have in a movie theater ever. It is like the epitome of great fun popcorn movie. But the problem with it for me, or the reason why I have something else at number one, is that it it's not something that then I I take with me into my life. Like it doesn't have that that little gem where I then think about it a lot and it informs the way that I live as a human. Um, but number one does. Um, my number one film is from the writer director of Joe versus the Volcano. It's Doubt. I want you all to be alert. I am concerned about matters in St. Nicholas School. Academically? I was not inviting a guessing game, Sister Raymond. What's this, Mr. Conroy? I don't know, Sister. They're all uniformly terrified of you. That's how it works. Boy! Come up here. The dragon is hungry. One, two, three. It's a new time, Sister. The church needs to change. The point being... We should be friendlier. Father Flynn, he called Donald Miller to the rectory. So, it's happened. We are going to have to stop him, ourselves. What happened in the rectory? Happened? Hmm. Nothing happened, I had a talk with a boy. What about? Private matter. He's 12 years old. What could be private? You have the slightest proof of anything. But I have my certainty. I can fight you. You will lose. Why you gotta know something like that for sure when you don't? You come to your school, kids don't like them. (laughs) One man is good to him, this priest. It is unsettling to look at people with suspicion. I feel less close to God. When you take a step to address wrongdoing, you are taking a step away from God. But in his service, 
You are single-handedly holding this parish back. What are you doing in this school? There are people who go after your humanity to tell you that the light in your heart is a weakness. Don't believe it. You just don't like him. You are letting that convince you of something terrible. Look at that. You blew out my light. What did you hear? What did you see that convinced you so thoroughly? I don't think Father Flynn did anything wrong. You just want things to be resolved so you can have simplicity back. Doubt can be a bond as powerful as certainty. I'll throw your son out of this school. You hurt my son to get your way. You have no right to act on your own. You have no right. I will do what needs to be done. You should understand that, or you will mistake me. Uh, wow. so this is a 2009 movie. I don't know. What uh, you're no, talking no, about. it's very much not. Uh, <laughs> um, so it took this long to come. Wait, isn't to it head on with his 2009 film? No, it's on his 2009. Oh, right. to the, yeah. yeah. Uh, that was our, our big fight because he's like, right. well, I saw it in 2008. I'm like, yeah, but it was in theaters in Denver. Ryan, I think we should put them in a cage and make them fight it out. Right, exactly. <laughs> like this goes back to like you know, pre-real nerds fights. <laughs> this was really close to being on my list too. too. Um, and because that um, when I need to sleep, I put this film on <laughs> and I'm able to fall asleep. You son of a bitch. I'm not, no. th- that's not my reason. Right? No, no. I, I, there, this film's fucking powerful though yeah uh, just just off the bat i don't know that there are two such powerful uh performances this year as philip seymour hoffman and meryl streep mm-hmm. um i mean this is a a simple little film um with a simple little problem at its core um, i don't know if it's that simple <laughs> no i mean it is it, it's i guess in the grand scheme is. yes yeah. like all all it's really about so so meryl streep plays a nun um, Philip Seymour Hoffman plays a priest. Um, Amy Adams plays another nun. Um, and it is as simple as... And they all walk into a bar. No, right, yeah. It is as simple as Meryl Streep thinks that Philip Seymour Hoffman is abusing one of the boys in their in their school. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she believes it so much that she almost villainously... Like, you're, you're, the whole film is this balance between if he is, then he's the villain. Mm-hmm. If he's not, then she's the villain. Mm-hmm. And you don't know, and you spend the whole film trying to you're figure it out. doubt about who's the real villain? Yeah, well, but it's more than that. It's almost like that's that. part of like, the last line of the movie. Yeah, I mean, this is this woman who is, who is very self-righteous in her beliefs, um... You know, in a religious institution, which who would expect such a uh, personal trait, mm-hmm. um, who then drives that in such a way that it allows her to potentially do some really bad things to people. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it's an incredible movie. I, I think it's one that I will revisit for the rest of my life. And that is something that I think about quite often. Um, also gave us Viola Davis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's yeah, yeah. Only there for I, 10 the, minutes, the scene was... with her is heart-wrenching it's enough um, it was enough to get her an oscar nomination it's that fucking good yeah and she's only in the movie for five minutes yeah. um and that reveal i mean that alone is such a powerful like subplot to that film mm-hmm. um that also kind of twists and fucks with your own 
stigma and expectations of what how does that impact that main mystery like yeah. that reveal makes you wonder like well he's does that condemn Philip Seymour Hoffman? Does it actually help him? Like, because then it's even worse. Now it's really like if if he's the hero, he's really the hero, mm-hmm. and if he's the villain, he's really the villain. Yeah, and it, it in in this just it's, it's, troublesome way. It's a challenging film that's right. that sadly re- still resonates. Oh yeah, um, I mean you can watch it today; it is still just as important as it was the day it came yeah, out. Yeah, and Amy Adams is really good in this too, because um, she's kind of. She's carrying an un, uh, an un, uh, an under uh, an underrated amount of weight mm-hmm. in terms of how her character has to handle her situation. Yeah, yeah her character underrated. has a, an, an unfair burden. <laughs> underrated. <laughs> underrated. <laughs> an underrated performance. Oh my goodness. Uh, um, and yeah, it shot pretty well. Um, the guy who directed it and wrote it uh, did Moonstruck like back in the eighties, and so and he's been big in the theater. This is one of his theater adaptations. It's a great flick. Uh, I just, it. I've only seen it a few times, but it has stuck with me every time I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw it in 2009 in the theater like Brad because it didn't come to our theater until then. So yeah, um, yeah. and there's just little. There's even little like little things, <sighs> tiny little uh, moments and details in the film that I just think are 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 really brilliant and that stick with me. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, not. The popcorn thriller that Dark Knight is, but it I, is my favorite film. I will say the music cue right after her last line in that movie where she says, sister, I have doubts is, is spoilers. So, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't like the way it cues up that way. Cause it feels like so dumb to me for some reason, but I get why it's there. I just, yeah. I'm like, I, it's an eye roller for me. Sure. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, Cool. Would have been on my list if it was a 2008 movie. It is a 2008 movie. <laughs> um, we got a uh, a lot of responses again. I, I love yeah. that. Thank you for everybody for participating. It always makes it fun. Um, Robert uh, Workman actually sent us the best list because his top three are exactly my top three. <laughs> he only sent uh, The Dark Knight, Iron Man, and Tropic Thunder, but that's you know mine, so um, pretty much spot on. I've got Henry. Um, uh, he sent in his list. He apologizes for not being able to be here. Uh, in as, in ascending order, number ten is Iron Man. Number nine is Taken. Number eight is Doubt. Number seven is Wanted. Uh, I see you're I see you're trying to guess. Yes, Taken did technically come out in two thousand eight in outside of the country. Uh, I it came to us that. in two thousand nine. I thought you might have. Um, number six, Tropic Thunder. Number five, The Hurt Locker. Technically, did festivals this year. Uh, four, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Three, Hunger, uh, which is the film from Steve McQueen. Um, it was his directorial debut about the IRA prison hunger strikes, and it's a good film. Um, number two is Be Crying Rewind for him, and number one is Burn After Reading. So, so you see, Burn After Reading not so uh, underrated, according to another nerd. So, if anything, he put it at number one. He didn't even have the Dark Knight on here. What's wrong with Henry? <laughs> <laughs> well, out of five nerds, only two had Burn After Reading on their list. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, the two best nerds, clearly. Wow. Uh, <laughs> extra cool set in a list. Um, he doesn't have an order, but he did provide all the directors for the movies, too. So, uh, in no particular order, The Strangers, Let the Right One In, Martyrs, never heard of, Bad Biology, Eden Lake, Excision, Eden Splinter, really good. Um, The Dark Knight, and The Probably Spirit. The, 2008. <laughs> the Spirit came out this 2008? year. 2008? <laughs> and Hellboy 2. 
Nice. Yeah. Um, I brought up our friend Steve. He said in no particular order on my list, forgetting Sarah Marshall, uh, Step Brothers, Get Smart. Hmm, that one missed my list by that much. Uh, <laughs> that that's a Get Smart joke. Oh, yeah. I know. That was funnier <laughs> than most of the stuff in Get Smart. Would you believe I knew what you were talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man, uh, The Dark Knight, Cloverfield, mm. Grand Torino, oh, Taken. Yeah. Jumper and Eagle Eye. No, yeah, I thought Cl- Cloverfield would have ended up on your guys' list. Cloverfield was on my original top ten, and and as much as I like, you know what, you know what it is? It's because of Ten Cloverfield yep. Lane. <laughs> like Cloverfield is so f- like fun and interesting and different. Do but you, do you think that Overlord movie is part of the Cloverfield? Because you could totally call it Cloverlord. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I read a review of it uh, from f- Fran- Fran- Fantastic Fest Feast. What was it? Fantastic Fest. Yeah. There we go. Um, and they said it is not. Ah. Yeah. I think there's a world where it could have been if Cloverfield Paradox hadn't been so fucking bad. Uh, did, I got, were you gonna do Tim's list? I'll go ahead with Tim. Uh, I'll, um, or I can do I could do I could do Tim because he actually. Uh, oh yeah, she sent a list. I got it right here. It's long, but it's good. Um, I could do Tim because I actually worked with him at the movie theater because he was one of my managers then. Um, his number one is Red Belt, uh, which is a David Mamet flick. That's a great uh, movie. Um, it is. Uh, number two for him was Bottle Shock, uh, which I've never seen, but I've heard good things about. Uh, number three, The Dark Knight. Number four, Iron Man. Number five, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Number six, Be Kind Rewind. Number seven, Step Brothers. That's another one that I'm, I, I thought someone here would talk about. Uh, number, nope. number eight, Slumdog Millionaire. Number nine, Punisher Warzone, which I really wanted to try to get on the list somewhere. I, I do could like not it. believe that movie only made $8 million. That's ridiculous. Like I thought oh, it no one I thought it was low, movie. but I didn't think it was that low. Makes yeah. sense. When I went and saw it opening day, I was like one of two people there. So yeah. <laughs> it's the best Punisher movie. It yeah, hands down. Uh and then number ten is role models for <laughs> Wait, wait, what you, you uh gave me a look of which one's better? Uh the the <laughs> the one that you don't Thomas think Jane is great. one. Uh, <laughs> so rewatching it when I did my comic book watch thing, the Thomas Jane one's fine, but it's really like cheesy. Yeah, and it is Punisher Warzone with like well, with, so, but with different Jigsaw's face is different parkour guys like exploding in the sky. So like, a, yeah. a different kind of cheesy. Where or yeah, Jigsaw even. Yeah. So his, his origin, the Punisher's origin in that movie is really cheesy to me. And this in Warzone, it's literally him just I'm going to kill everybody. Yeah, no, I would agree. Yes, the cheesiest bit is Roy Scheider dying, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Roy Scheider. That was yeah. his last movie, I think. Yeah. Second to last. He did do one more did before that. But it didn't like come out wide. So I got one from my mom. You guys okay, want me I have it? one from Corinne, too. Do we have any oh, more go, on Yeah, Facebook? go with Corinne. I got two comments on my okay, thing. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, Zach Bynes wrote in. Uh, hmm. He, again, no order, but uh, Cloverfield, Rambo, Doomsday, The Ruins, uh, The Fall. Doomsday was a hell of a thing to see in a theater. <laughs> like that's a weird movie. That's Very. a lot of fun. Uh, the Strangers and the Wrestler. Nice. It's like, it's, and like then... if, it's like if you were watching a movie and it was Mad Max, and then halfway through it became uh, Ridley Scott's uh, Robin Hood film. Like because all of a sudden you're just like in a castle on horseback fighting with medieval guys, and you're like, what the fuck is happening? Actually, I've got three. Uh, Mike Henderson. Uh, only wrote uh, both Hellboy 2 and Tropic Thunder uh, from that year, both incredibly rewatchable. Mm-hmm. And then Robert Tanaka listed 10,000 BC, The Love Guru, Beverly Hills Chihuahua, The Love Guru, <laughs> <laughs> 
Fool's Gold, the Love Guru. Oh, Fool's Gold. Hancock, the Love Guru. Oh, Hancock. Hannah Montana <laughs> and Miley Cyrus, Best of Both Worlds concert. <laughs> and the Love Guru. The Happening and the Love Guru. <laughs> High School Musical 3, Senior Year. And the Love Guru. <laughs> Mad Money and the Love Guru. Mama Mia. Hey, people like that. How movie. long is this list? And the Love Guru. <laughs> Meet the Browns and the Love Guru. Tyler Perry's Meet the Browns. <laughs> and finally, The Mummy, Tomb of the Dra- Dragon Emperor. Oof. And the Love Guru. Man, the <laughs> happening was so uh, bad. I do have one other list from. Uh, Somehow I don't think that's a James top Mc- list for him. Laughlin, uh, from Facebook. He wrote In No Order, The Dark Knight, Step Brothers, Kung Fu Panda, Burn After Reading, Role Models, Ponyo. Uh, Pineapple Express, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, and Be Kind Rewind. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, Karen set in a list with uh, some things. Uh, Ponyo is number 10, a beautifully animated, adorable family film. For babies. <laughs> Does that matter? <laughs> uh, number nine is uh, Tropic Thunder. I think I've only seen ever seen this it, once all the way through, but I quote it a lot, and I love the fake trailers at the beginning. Yeah. Uh, number eight is Doubt, just a fucking good movie. Love Meryl Street. <laughs> Yeah. Number seven is The Duchess, a period drama about a powerful woman struggling against the social constraints of her time. Yeah, mm. you know it's on my list. Um, <laughs> Gran Torino, the the best of Eastwood films that I've seen. Now me, I've got a light, cries out for 10 years. I guess that's in quotes. Um, sorry. Quit uh, Smart, rewatched this recently, and it holds up remarkably well. You could almost say it's nuclear hot. Um, <laughs> God, dude, I think I'm getting old. Like, I'm reading this stuff, and I got to hold it closer. Um, Number four is Taken, a heartwarming father-daughter flick. (laughs) Watch it with your kids. Uh, Number three is Kung Fu Panda. Uguay Ascends is one of the best pieces of music Hans Zimmer Hmm. has ever written. Hmm. Also, the film is fucking delightful. I do like Kung Fu Panda. Two is Iron Man. It's It's so great to see how far Tony Stark has come as a character, and the movie started... This movie started all by giving him one of the best superhero arcs of all time. Agreed. Um, number one is The Dark Knight. I remember going to see this film in the theater. We were visiting my cousin in Kansas City the, the weekend it opened. My cousin worked at an AMC and got his tickets. My mom saw this movie, and then we saw Mamma Mia the next day. She said she liked Mamma Mia more than The Dark Knight. I say, my mom is crazy. I know I don't have to explain my choice to you. I'm sure at least one of you nerds, if not all of you, has this as number one as well. That is the best Cheers. review for The Dark Knight I've ever read. Huh. My mom didn't like this as much as Mama Mia, too. She's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> uh, um, okay, I got one from my mom. She says, hey, guy. I think she means guys. Uh, <laughs> she she already told me, like, she put this together, and then accidentally the whole email got deleted. So she did this in, like, the last 20 minutes just to get it done. Or she's Canadian. Hey, guy. <laughs> hey, guy. <laughs> hey, guy. Uh I didn't have much time to work on this, and I realized that most of the movies I haven't seen since the theater, uh, that makes it even harder to put them in any kind of order. Uh, one would think that I know uh, that I know the drill by now and should have been working on it since the 1998 film explosion. Uh, Rich and I enjoyed listening to that one as we drove to the Grand Tetons. The drive is eight hours, and the podcast is over four and a half hours long. <laughs> Fun. Thanks for riding along with us. Okay, so 10 through 4 are in no particular order, and then three, uh, three, 2 and 1 are uh, detailed. So 10 through 4 are Doubt, Eagle Eye, uh, which she really likes for some reason. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, Doubt, Eagle Eye, The Dark Knight, Pineapple Express, Ghost Town, 
Mm. Uh, Tropic Thunder, The Secret Life of Bees, which I've never actually seen. Has anybody mm. seen this? Okay. It's one of those, you know. It was a sequel to Bee Movie. It was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's actually. And the bee. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's a, well, actually, it's a merging between The Secret Life of Pets and Bee Movie. Yeah. Um, uh, so then, uh, number three, Gran Torino. Great, uh, great story of a grumpy old man who secretly wants to be loved, and Clint Eastwood did it so well. <laughs> that's uh, one way to describe that movie two, <laughs> two slumdog millionaire an amazing story that makes you feel every emotion and then number one iron man this has to be number one yes because i watch it so many times yeah uh, carol's right honorable mention indiana jones at least they tried <laughs> <laughs> there's literally a dash there i think it's hilarious oh, indiana jones wonderful <laughs> At least they tried. Uh, dishonorable mention goes to Burn After Reading. <laughs> uh, this movie had so much uh, was uh, had so much great, and then dot dot dot. Also, uh, J.K. Simmons' character said "fuck" so many times that it really got on my nerves and lost its power. Hint, hint. Use your words. Oh, Wait, not... did your mom write "fuck"? Yeah. Can I see it? She's. <laughs> <laughs> He won't believe it until he sees it. He's from Missouri, the show me state. <laughs> oh it's in quotes. Right. No, that's, that's in quotes. Her, she put that's it in her quotes. emails. That's her handwriting. So, so, <laughs> oh, so I guess technically she did not say it. Right. She, she it's put in quotes. Fucking quotes. She typed it, but it, she's quoting someone else, so she did not. She was say being it. ironic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Was really also, can I see it? I don't think it's J.K. Simmons oh. who says that. It's, it's John no. Malkovich who's cursing up a storm. Well, but it, no, no, no. It, she's talking about the scene at the end when they. Yeah. Um, um, which I, I actually think she's Carol's misremembering. Right. I think it's that they say Jesus Christ a whole bunch. Oh, of yeah, yeah. That's what it is that bothers her about that movie. Okay. Um, so, yes, they say fuck a lot. It's actually that at the end he keeps saying Jesus H. Christ. Yeah, because he's trying and to he's, figure and out. And she's like, what the fuck? Like, why? You know, anyway. Um, but anyway. Um, uh, bah, bah, bah. Oh, oh, sorry. I have to finish. <laughs> I have to finish the next sentence. And then at the end, when he needed something powerful to say, he was left with Jesus fucking Christ. I'm out. <laughs> also, the scene with the machine in the basement was stupid and unnecessary. What a shame. Uh, oh, I, I just accidentally closed the email. Hold on. Um, sorry for the lame job. I'll start working on 2018 now. Uh, Henry, I'm currently enjoying Real Nerds Take Manhattan. Great job. Uh, thanks again for helping me deal with the long drive home. Love you guys. Carol. Yes. Thanks, Carol. Oh, <laughs> oh that's can totally I, fine. Can I, I see it? Burn after reading is definitely not for everyone. Oh, yep. Man. Anything you guys wanted to get on the list but didn't have room for? Uh, I was actually toying uh, with Twilight, Indiana Jones, because I still think it's a fun movie. Yeah, I was. Too, yeah. yeah, I had two that I really wanted to try. Like I was like toying with was Nobel Son, uh, an Alan Rickman film about cannibalism, and um, uh, Charlie Bartlett. Which I think is yeah. uh, a really mm. fun high school flick. Robert Downey Jr. is not like the best part of it, but he's really good he's in good it. He's good in it. Yeah, uh, it's really Anton Yelkin's film. Yeah. It's actually this is where I found out who Anton Yelkin was, mm -hmm. and then he does Star Trek the next year. I didn't see. No one else put this on their list, and I didn't look this up uh, because it wouldn't have made my top ten. Honestly, I'm thinking In Bruges is listed as 2008 for. Um, on Letterbox, I'm thinking that's actually a 2009 film that was in also festivals was, in 2008. Maybe, yeah, because it's also nominated um, for a Academy Award for original screenplay. I think. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or adapted. Um, I don't know. I know it's a screenplay. Anyway, I just wanted to bring it up because I'm really surprised that's usually a movie that gets a lot of love. It's not my favorite of his films. Um, I know. So that's Shana why I really likes it. Yeah. Um, so I'm surprised nobody mentioned it, but it's you know worth bringing up. 
Um, and then um, yeah. in, uh, an animation thing yeah. that was like teetering on number ten was a movie called Waltz with Bashir, which is another oh, yeah. like, one it, of those. It's it's like an animated ish documentary, like it's like Waking Lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. I have it on Blu-ray down there. It's it's pretty good. Um, yeah, also had role models on the perimeter too. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, this was the year of Quantum of Solace. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, I like Speed Racer a lot, but I just couldn't find a place for it. Um, I think that film's a lot better than people give it credit for. And I will say, as much love as we gave to Iron Man and Dark Knight, I think Incredible Hulk is still a great film. Oh, yeah. That's a good... That's good. Like, yeah. It's not as good as Iron Man, but it's, no. you know... It oh. makes Iron Man 2 better. Choke it with does. Sam Rockwell. No. I no. like that flick. Nope. <laughs> and Revolutionary Road, which uh, gave us Michael Shannon's ex- yeah. broadest exposure. Yeah. Uh, I like that film, uh, although the ending does kind of... Make me roll my eyes a bit. That's a movie that I still... I read the book, so I still never saw the movie. That's the Kate Winslet movie that should have won an Oscar for her. Instead of instead of Reader? Instead of, yeah. The, the, yeah. I don't need to talk about the um, Reader. Did anymore, they make another Narnia film after Prince Caspian? Yeah, it's Voyage of the Dawn Treader yeah. with Fox, though. It didn't go with Disney. Yeah. Um, yeah, Prince Caspian was pretty good that year. Yeah. Uh, I was surprised I you don't mess with the Zohan did end up on your list. Uh, it was one I was messing with because it was like <laughs> one of my ringers but then I was, I was thinking I said well role models is funnier yeah um, but I do love Zohan because it's stupid mm-hmm. and it I don't know it's way better than people give it credit for if you like that kind of humor where mm-hmm. also, also bedtime stories with yeah, bedtime stories isn't bad. I just didn't know if, I, I, I was waiting for it yeah I was kind of expecting you to do bedtime stories um, I know that uh, when I was looking at my original list, Appaloosa was on there pretty high, like mm-hmm. nine or something like that. I liked it a lot when it came out. I haven't seen it since. I owned the DVD for a while, but I don't have the Blu-ray. Um, so I do not remember it at all. And, but I'm a sucker for a good Western. And yeah, I, yeah, me too. And I couldn't find a place for it, but I'm giving mad props to Death Race by Paul W.S. Anderson. I was about I fucking, to say that. I, it's like the other state that movie that's kind of fun. I do fucking love that movie. That's it is, a better movie than it should be. Yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous, but so wonderful. Joan Allen Joan is Joan Allen's a, great, a beautiful woman. Yeah. A, Ian McShane is a <laughs> beautiful <laughs> man. It helps when you put Ian McShane in your movie. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I only I only don't love Death Race because I actually like Death Race 2000. And so, like, I watch Death Race. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, they're in a jail bullshit. Like, no, the whole the whole I point. I don't even know if I have to win this race. The whole point of Death Race is supposed to be that you drive across the country running over old people. Like, you guys, <laughs> how did you remake? How did Paul W. Sanderson remake this movie <laughs> and miss the most ridiculous fun part? He couldn't go into a basement. So he had to go in somewhere that was just as confined. You well, could a put prison. Old people in the basement. Yeah, <laughs> there's going to be some way you can do it. Um, he looked at the first one. They said, "There's no basements here." <laughs> I actually think I'm trying to pull it up right now. I should have pulled this up before, but the internet is is being slow. Um, oh man! Because, like I said, I had that I had that that list on uh, Facebook of my my favorite films from the year at the time. Uh, and there was like a top ten or a top five most disappointed, and I think Death Race was on there. Um, Hamlet Two is a fun flick that I enjoy. Oh yeah, uh, if anybody remembers that, um, Steve, I I think Steve Coogan's best performance that year because like it, it, he's not in Tropic Thunder for too long. Yeah, it's one that like I I I feel like that was about the time that 
Uh, this is when I learned about him, at, you know, at all, really. Also, Get Smart. Like, I, I'd seen it last week again, and I really did like it, but not enough to put it on the list, apparently. Here we go. Um, yeah, this was also the uh, the year that I critiqued as as often as possible Suck Hard, a shitty, the shitty cock story, um, <laughs> which was the first film that I saw in 2008. But it came out in 2007. I know. Yeah. But it was the... I, I make a point in here being like, I started this year Personal with Vendetta Suck Hard, the shitty it. cock story. Yeah. So I, um, I forget, why do you hate it so much? Uh, oh, because it's not funny and it's terrible. Um, <laughs> I think it's pretty funny. Yeah, it's 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 uh, pretty good. James is misremembering it. No, it's it's pretty not. Um, it's oh, pretty terrible. Diary of the Dead didn't end up on your list. Yeah, it's it's not great. <laughs> no, I liked uh, that. I saw it. Would you see? Would you see it at the Tivoli? I think so. Yeah. Or are we talking about Land of the Dead? No, oh, I think it's the Tivoli. That would have been Diary of the, the Dead. Because hmm. Land of the Dead was like a wider Wide, thing. Yeah. Uh, Leatherheads by George Clooney and John Krasinski is pretty good. Um, yeah. It's not great. That's fun. Um, especially when it's coming after Good Night and Good Luck. But um, in, in Bruges was on my original 2008 list, so it was mm-hmm. a 2008 film. So, uh, Oh, um, Zach and I talked about this before. There's a little movie from this from 2008 called The Visitor um, that mm-hmm. I actually think is, if you could rewrite the last 30 seconds of the movie, is a great film. Um, but, like, right at the end, they totally betray the character and do something stupid with it. But, like, otherwise a really, really fun or not fun, but like heartfelt, good, little like just character piece. Um, yeah, um, I did do uh, that year. I had the list of the five worst films I saw, which were number five was In the Name of the King, which I saw in theaters. Wow, that's Evie um, Bulls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, I've seen it. it. Uh, the Happening. Uh, I did list Suck Hard, the <sighs> Shitty Cock Story in that, on that <laughs> list. Um, Let it go, and then. <laughs> Uh, Miracle this at Saint Anna. Personally, wrong to me. Right, Miracle. you wrote it out that way too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I always write it as suck hard to the shitty cock story. Um, Miracle at Saint. Saint- <laughs> no, no. The only homophobic <laughs> part about it, Cox, is the real name of the movie. But uh, you wrote it like. <laughs> uh, no, I didn't. No, no. It's still C O X. Yeah. Um, number two was Miracle at Saint Anna, which I remember just being agonizing to sit through I in the theater. I love parts of that film, but I will admit it. Is of not course, per- it's do. not even remotely perfect. Yeah, uh, and but then, I think it's a. It's I give it points for ambition. War Inc. was that year, oh and I remember intent. I watched it at home, and I remember intentionally trying to fall asleep while watching that film. Is that the one that they sent us? Was um, it the Chinese one? No, War Inc. was. Um, uh, what am I thinking of? Uh, uh, John Cusack, and John, Hillary John Duff. Cusack, and Hilly Duff puts a scorpion down her pants. Mm. Um, it's, it's. <laughs> these are the only things I remember. It's kind of like Lord of War, only le- makes less sense. Um, and has Hillary Duff putting a scorpion down her pants? Apparently, yes. I've never seen this movie. So, oh yeah, well, I, I, I couldn't fall asleep. <laughs> um, I wanted to and couldn't. So it's uh, like my doubt. The remake of Funny Games came out this year, and it's mm. pretty okay. Um, and Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay. Yeah. Uh, two, yeah, that's a funny one. 2008 was also the year that uh, your wife and I and some friends, for the record, went and saw the party at Kitty and Studs at the. Uh, what the hell is that? Uh, that that movie is also movie. titled The Italian Stallion. Oh, okay. I get that's what you're the 70s porn starring Sylvester Stallone. Laura has a DVD of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Never watched it. Yeah, we went to the Esquire at midnight. 
also kind of a ringer. Uh, there was a great Kinnear movie uh, that was kind of in and out called Flash of Genius, and it's about a lawsuit involving the invention of the windshield wiper for cars. Oh, yes, that's right. It's really like I, I went in going I like I walked out going like that was way like more interesting than I thought it was going to be because the yeah. trailer looked like garbage. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. This uh, was a great year. Next week on uh, the Real Nerds podcast will be James's birthday. Happy birthday, or James! Um, and for my birthday, we get to see Eddie Brock is Venom. Oh, you mean Alien Upgrade? Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're watch <laughs> oh my goodness! I'm gonna eat your face and eat your arms and legs, and you just be walking around a stone. Sure you are, Tom did Hardy. You sure you are. <laughs> did you see the clip today? Where no, uh, or from this week? Where nope. uh, <laughs> no. he like beats up some dudes exactly like that scene from Upgrade. And then and then Venom pops into his head and goes like, now we should bite off all their heads and pile them up in the corner. And I'm like, what the fuck is this move? This is like frailty for kids. It's like, <laughs> holy shit. Hey, you know, the dude in Upgrade even kind of looks like Tom Hardy. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the Slash Film article literally took then the, the same clip from, from Upgrade and put it right next to it and was like, these scenes are the same, but one of them is better. Yep. Um, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Hey, it might be great. It might be. There's some cool looking stuff in there. I just I mean, Venom just, looks great. Just don't take your kids. You, you know what I could say? I can say this about every Venom comic too. Venom looks cool. I don't know. Actually, there are sometimes where Venom gets drawn like like this weird Rob Liefeld, big beefy, th- out of you know <laughs> proportion thing with like a tongue that's seventeen feet long, and I'm like, no, that's just stupid. yeah. You're talking about the uh, Ryan, Eric just Larson because it, Venom. Just yeah, because it looks right. cool doesn't mean it's good for you. Well, Very true. Well, I don't yeah, know. I'll give it a chance. I like Tom Hardy. Yeah. I like Spider Man. Yeah. Spider Man's not in it. Yeah, and then Tom Hardy said that Spider Man's an actual villain. I'm going, hmm. Uh, maybe you don't understand what you're in. <laughs> but hey, yeah. he, he, he's he's good. So yeah, maybe uh, maybe maybe Silver Sable and Black Cat will show up. Yeah, you know, I, I'm guessing in it's preparation good for because, that movie next year. I mean, remember when Infinity War was coming out and they let the uh, press see it like three weeks before it came out so they could build up the hype. Yeah, no one's seen this movie yet, so I'm sure it'll be really good. Oh, I'm sure it's just great. Um, uh, maybe it's all smoke and mirrors and James's original theory because Michelle Williams is in it. It's just like a very dark romantic yeah. comedy. Kind it's of actually thing. it's it's uh it's a blue valent yeah, it's, it's blue valentine <laughs> but with an alien symbiote. <laughs> cool. Thanks for everybody who participated. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, yeah, good times. Yep. Great. Thanks, Stay guys. tuned for Fatty Indie Sunshine, the <laughs> podcast coming soon <laughs> to iTunes and Stitcher. The Indie uh, Podcast, please. The, the Fatty Indie Sunshine Podcast. <laughs> the Indie Podcast, colon, the Indie Podcast. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.